0: pop in there we go make sure i'm popped in hello everyone and welcome to episode 23 of the rocket Punt show i'm one of your hosts as always cameron here and joined at my side here unfortunately ladies he is completely off the market seth aka darth turner seth how are you doing today man
1: shut it down <laughs> ladies it's over Biz. It you can stop with the fan mail you can <laughs> stop with the constant uh constant creating of duplicate tinder accounts and hopes that you'll match with me it's not happening (laughs) i actually haven't been on tinder in years and it was honestly the worst experience ever while i was on there so uh yes i'm back i'm back from vacation i'm back from proposing to my beautiful beautiful now fiance yay Um, i'm back from i'm back from playstation 5 pre-order watch 2020 i'm back from everything man i'm back and ready to rock and ready to talk about video games into this microphone you can just barely see just the tip.
0: Just, just is that? I think that's what people like is just the tip, right? Just the tip to see just, how it's usually I'm I'm done.
1: done. I'm done. Hello, <laughs> Jaden. Welcome to this very friend, family-friendly episode.
0: Um, we're starting it off right. We're starting it off right. No, um, <clears throat> I remember. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we we figured out the secret, everybody. We know what it takes to get these multi-billion dollar conglomerates to announce their products, release their stuff to us so that we can buy them. And that is to um, make Seth go on vacation. Because literally, That's Seth, it. as soon as you went on vacation, the floodgates just opened up. And all this stuff started pouring yeah. out. Um, it was a wonderful time. You missed the yeah. whole literally,
1: lot. Literally, we... So the way we did it is we like... Uh, my my fiancé's parents live kind of near where we were vacationing. So we like went and stayed at her parents' place. So that night uh We were sitting. I was sitting on the couch with my fiance's mom. My fiance had already gone to bed, and I was just sitting there. And then all the leaks started to happen, <laughs> right? And so I'm sitting here next to this person. You know, she's over here like playing Frozen Freefall on her iPad, <laughs> and I'm like, "This is the most hype I've ever been." <laughs> she has no context for it. She doesn't so, understand. Uh, she doesn't understand. And uh, it was it was pretty great. It was pretty great. It was uh, a very nice and relaxing vacation. But yes, basically everything next gen happened while I was out of town. So we got a lot to catch up on tonight.
0: We do, and I cannot wait we to do. dig into it with you. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight, guys. Uh, we're talking about the PlayStation Five showcase that just happened, including the entire pre-order dumpster fire that happened immediately after that Uh, we're talking about the nintendo direct mini that happened this week we're talking about nintendo 3ds getting discontinued and a whole lot more guys because this is the rocket punch show your southern source for all things gaming geek and more you can listen to the podcast every tuesday on your podcast service of choice we are on all the big ones here and a special welcome we are also on amazon meet the amazon music they're doing podcasts now and so you can find the rocket punch show on amazon as well um, you can listen to us live as we record the show each and every week for you right here on twitch.tv slash rocket punch live around 7 second. p.m. Hold Central Standard Time. Mm-hmm?
1: Hold on a second. Technically, we've always been on Amazon because
0: we've been on Twitch, right? Uh, now, now you're splitting hairs. Exactly. Eh,
1: eh, eh.
0: At, well, Amazon Podcast. They have a podcast Amazon now.
1: Podcast, which is apparently a thing I didn't know existed, but... Yes, they just... Good, I'm uh, glad we're on it. They
0: announced it and released it, so if you listen to Amazon Music, they have a podcast section now, and we're on there. Um, I'd like to give a special welcome and thank you to everybody who's joining us in here on twitch.tv slash Rocket Punch Live. We appreciate you guys being a part of the conversation. Um, of course, guys, if you want to catch all the stuff that we make for you here, make sure you head over to rocketpunchgo.com. That is your one-stop shop for all the videos, streams, podcasts, and more that are made for you each and every week. Um, if <clears throat> if you want to support us, there are a lot of different ways you can help support the show here, guys. The easiest way, of course, is to review us on your audio service that you're listening to the show on. You can also follow us and share our content over on our social media channels. You can clearly see here, I am at Rocket Punch Go on Twitter. Seth over there is at Darth Turner on Twitter as well, so make sure you're following us to catch all of our shenanigans on social media. Um, if you want to go even further beyond, though, you can definitely consider subscribing to us here on Twitch or subscribing to us over on patreon.com slash rocketpunch, just like a, a few select people have done here. As we always like to do, want to give a special shout out to our Rocket Punch producers. Uh, these are the people supporting us at the highest tier over on Patreon. So a special thank you to Jossie M, Sam S, Jeremy M, Stephen S, Adam C, and of course everyone who has subscribed to us here on Twitch. Oh la la. That is... That's it there. I um, uh, actually do. I didn't put it in the notes here. Some upcoming events and announcements to just keep to keep you guys on the the in the know as to what's going on here. Um, there's a good chance within the next week or two that I'll actually be tweaking my stream schedule as well. Um, get a little bit more consistency down and um, get some more time to do some streams and whatnot. Um, So definitely be on the lookout for that. And also, um, we've got a couple of uh, videos as well that I'll be putting up over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rocket Punch Go. So if you want to check out some um, videos, some gaming videos, and also some like discussion videos that kind of broaden some of the topics that we discuss here on the show, you can definitely check that out there. Um, Other than that, um, we are going to be talking about PlayStation and Xbox in this episode. But I do want to be clear, um, we're not going to dive too deep into like pricing and strategy and stuff. Uh, that is has been saved for the latest episode of Console Wars that we recorded last week. Um, if you are listening to this via um, audio services, that episode will be live in the podcast feed. Um, it will also be up on YouTube.com slash Rocket Punch Go. But if you want to hear my mine and Seth's all of our thoughts on now three that we have yeah, three three hours and twenty three minutes actually. Of thoughts. There that, are plenty of thoughts. Yeah, if you want to listen to that whole thing, go over to YouTube or uh, go to audio audio services there and listen to that episode there. I'm actually I'm probably going to break it up into parts on YouTube so that way it's a little bit easier to consume for you guys there because uh, a three hour video is very daunting on YouTube. <laughs> Um, but so, like, if you have any questions about our thoughts and some of the questions that we ask surrounding next gen, and now that we have the prices and we know what the strategies are for both companies, check out episode seven of Console Wars. That'll have all the information you need from us. But that being said, there's still a bunch of stuff we have to talk about um, that isn't necessarily next gen related here. Um, jumping into the news here first item up for bid we got this, like, Surprise Stealth Nintendo Direct Mini this past week. I was a little shocked about this, Seth. Um, uh, Hopefully you were excited about some of the news that came out of here. Um, A few things tickled my fancy, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. But let's jump into this here. Uh, We're going to quickly run down and discuss everything that was talked about in the Nintendo Direct Mini. I'm pulling this um, information from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN.com. We'll do a quick run through here. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think, Seth, you probably agree with me. If you were a Monster Hunter fan, this was the show for you, like, by far. Yeah, for sure. Um, First up, guys, we have uh, Monster Hunter Rise was announced uh, coming through the Switch on March 26, 2021. It has a, a grappling hook system, um, uh, letting you swing around like Spider-Man, because apparently that's the new hotness. That's what everybody wants to be. He's like, I want to be Spider-Man, yeah, um, it'll feature a large seamless map that you can explore and with a new dog like companion mount called the Palamute. Um Capcom has also confirmed that there will be compatibility of some kind with Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin, which was also announced in arriving uh, to arriving on the switch next summer. Um, uh, Monster Hunters 2 Wings of Ruin will arrive on Nintendo switch in summer 2021 there. Um, and then they also had, I didn't actually watch the part after that, but They had a whole se- like immediately after yeah. this N- Nintendo Direct mini, they had this whole like 15 to 20 minute segment on the Monster Hunter games. Um, I didn't watch that, Seth, did you?
1: No, not really. I, I've Monster Hunter World was
0: really my first
1: foray into the into this franchise for Monster Hunter. I got super into world. Uh, the handheld ones have not really ever appealed to me. I think mainly because there was always like a visual, a very stark visual difference. Mm. And I have also heard that like world was designed to be a little bit more accessible for new players, whereas a lot of the, you know, the portable versions kind of assume that you're coming into that Monster Hunter world kind of already knowing what's, you know, what's going on, how the weapons work. So now that I have an understanding of like how Monster Hunter works, I could probably jump in on this. I am not sure if that's going to be a thing that I'd, do because there's so many games coming out next year, man. So many. Um, I'm but, sure uh, we're gonna talk I, about it at some still point. Still yeah. Super hype for Monster Hunter fans
0: for sure. Yeah. Most definitely. Um for Xbox fans who also have Nintendo, this should also be exciting as well. Um, Ori in the Will of the Wisps heads to Nintendo Switch. Yep. It is available right now as of this recording here. Um I am 8 bit is also selling a collector's edition that is pretty dope. Uh, like, yeah. the the box opens up, and it's like this stained glass piece uh, that's the Switch case, and it has a little codes and other goodies in the back there. Um, they, they have the first one on there, right, Seth? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it was a big deal. That was one of the, like, uh, it
1: was that and Cuphead came to Switch kind of within six months of each other, and that was like the, oh, man, Microsoft's doing... They're yeah. doing the release things on other platforms thing, so it it was a big deal at the time. So it makes no, it does not surprise me at all that that they brought Will the Wisp over to Switch because it's, it's a perfect match.
0: Uh, next up, guys, Fitness Boxing Two Rhythm and Exercise was announced here, um, coming. To switch on December fourth of this year, you can pick one of nine instructors, customize your outfits, play with a friend, a whole lot more. Um, very awesome for all these fitness enthusiasts. I, I've never, I could see myself getting into, into those games, but I just never could. I don't know why. What the whole deal was? I, I, maybe I, I just like fit.
1: You like what? I, got, I like I like Ring Fit. I like their. Ring fit. I like when that there is a, a an artifact that I'm interacting with that's not just the Joy-Con. Like, fitness boxing is very, you know, obviously going to be, like, boxing-focused. So yeah. I'm sure this is—the fact that it ended up in the direct means that there's at least a fan base for it. Uh, and so I think that, True. that you know, those, those fans are probably here and excited for it. But, yeah, I don't know that this—this this didn't move my, my, my,
0: my needle much on the radar, so— yeah. Same for me, but what did move my needle was this next announcement here, uh, Disgaea 6, Defiance of Destiny, it's coming to Nintendo Switch exclusively in December 2021. Um, you play as the boastful zombie Zed in this new Disgaea adventure that will arrive on the Nintendo Switch in 2021. Um, and they also announced that Disgaea 5 Complete will be available to try in a special game trial event um, on September 23rd to, through 29th, so this upcoming week end. Um, I... Disgaea 6, awesome. I'm super excited about that. I think the Switch, like those tactical RPG games I think are perfect for Nintendo Switch. Um, I really wish that the Disgaea 5 complete demo, game trial, whatever you want to call it, wasn't like out for a limited time. I don't know why they would have just said, you know, hey, here, boom, here's a demo, like the first level or two of the game. And then, you know, here's instructions on how to buy it if you like it. A little silly, if you ask me.
1: I mean, it's. It, who would have thought that Nintendo, of all companies, would do something crazy like a time limited availability of of something that people want? But they would never who, do
0: that, right? Who never. would have thought? You know, I never would have guessed. Never. Yeah. Only Disney does that, right? <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> moving on, guys. Moving uh, on. Next up, uh, Balan Wonder World is coming to switch next year. Uh, we got another trailer kind of detailing more of the gameplay, showing off the footage on the Nintendo switch. Um, there, it will be released on Nintendo switch on March 26th, 2021. Um, 80 costumes, wielding a variety of abilities. I'm sure you guys remember um, us talking about this a couple of episodes back. Mm. Um, I, I, I want to know your thoughts on this, Seth, because I saw part of this footage here and I'm going to be real honest. That footage did not look great on the, the Nintendo switch. Did nope, not.
1: It did not. Did not look very great. The that game I think is for a different market than us in particular. It looked like a game that a that a, like a younger Japanese fan would really be into. Like I could see like a younger Japanese audience being into that kind of game. It kind of gave me a. I mean, obviously that game looks a lot like Knights, and you know yeah. the creator of Knights on it, so it makes sense. The It's just one of those where it's like the idea of, like, put on these costumes and get these powers. It's a a thing we've seen before, and I don't know that this, like, does it in such a way that makes me want to give it a shot. Which I know... Sounds a little close-minded of me, but yeah, I don't think that on the Switch, especially, this did not look super great.
0: Yeah, I mean, if 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 a trial ever comes out for the game, I think I'd be interested in it. But overall, this isn't—I don't think this was a game kind of directed at me, so I'm not too hurt. You know, not my type of game. I'll let everybody else enjoy it though. it would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, next up on the announcements here, Rune Factory 5 will be releasing on Switch in 2021. There, uh, protect your town as a peacekeeping ranger, harvest crops, go fishing, fall in love, and all that good stuff with Rune Factory. Uh, next up on Switch here, The Long Dark is available on Nintendo Switch right now. Uh, you can play that. I'm actually really interested in this because I have, this game is on Game Pass, and I was on my Xbox this weekend. I actually downloaded it. I've been seeing games... Of, I've been seeing it for so long on PC and Xbox, PlayStation. And like, you know what? I'm going to download this game and give it a shot. Um, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, so fingers crossed. It's, uh, it
1: is in that artsy survival game category. So it is... Uh, if you've played Among Trees, I think that was a newer one that just came out on Epic a little while back. It got popular for, for a little while. But yeah, it's I like that. One of that. Yeah. yeah, it's basically... Imagine, like, the aesthetics of like a fire watch right but okay. wrapped in more of a survival type game this takes a lot of inspiration from that surviving in the arctic so you know wolves and bears snow obviously oh i think the, the big thing about this game was it was one of the earlier ones that did the like heat management so you have to like make sure you stay warm You know, by either finding the right clothes or or fire shelter, that kind of stuff. So uh, let me know what you think about it. Because, yeah, it's uh, it's on Game Pass, so a lot of people should be able to try it out.
0: Okay, definitely try it out. Um, Another game that you should definitely try out is Hades, which is arriving on Nintendo Switch today. It is out now. It is available. It is the 1.0 launch. It's no longer in early access. It is out there. I've seen good things. I know a good friend of ours, uh, uh, Palace Streams. Uh, he's a big streamer there, and he plays this game. He likes the game a lot, so I definitely have to check that out. Uh, have, have you played it, Seth? I've not played it.
1: I've watched several streams of it, but um, this is I like. I really I love Transistor. I love the games that they've worked on beforehand, so this will be right up right up my alley. It's just again, it's just such a th- like a, such a thick time with so many good games to play right now. This is one that's uh, going to end up on my we're, backlog. We're working
0: into the. Fall time frame. It's mid-September. Yeah. Fall is right around the corner. We're about to hit the time where all these games... And it's next-gen launch, so that makes it even bigger. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Empire of Sin. New, uh, the strategy game, kind of in um, Prohibition era Chicago in the 1920s, will be available on Nintendo Switch on December 1st, 2020. Uh, Sniper Elite 4 was also announced for the Nintendo Switch here. Will be coming out in holiday 2020. Um, if you remember... The extra live stream we did last year, Uh, you probably watched Will play this a good little bit early in the morning. It was pretty (laughs) gnarly. Some of these shots were... Those are, yeah. Oh, man. They were crazy as hell. Uh, But no, that's it for the um, Nintendo Partner Mini Showcase there. Seth, what did you think about the Mini? Uh, Any games specifically that jump out at you? um, One thing I think...
1: Nintendo does a really good job of with these directs, uh, with the exception of having them frequently. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that they do a good job of, of creating, um, expectations around the way they brand them. Like I kind of come to expect from direct minis, uh, specific, specifically minis, um, some minor announcements, you know, some some maybe ports of games, uh some yeah. indie game launches and then they'll usually have kind of something bigger at the end. And I think the the that article didn't really go in order, so the thing at the end was Ori and the Will of the Wisp um coming to Switch, which I think of of the things they showed was probably the most like imminent and exciting like Blend of imminent and exciting. I think the was a, a the announcement of a new Disgaea is very exciting, but it's not as imminent since it's coming up next year. That's something we might yeah. actually see in a full direct as a like a reveal. I know one of the things they talked about with the was like was it the damage can get into the quadrillions or something yeah. like, like super like ridiculous. The, and, it's
0: always been super ridiculous in a Disgaea game. So yeah, not surprised um, but about I,
1: that. I mean, overall, this was like a pretty average uh direct uh, which it's a mini like it's a, i think it's a it is a it meets
0: expectations mini like what what did you think um i, I agree i think it, it met expectations of course i was excited for disgaea 6 uh seeing that get announced a lot of other cool games get revealed and announced for the system here um I, the concern i don't say concern is that a lot of these games i remember seeing on like uh you know, PS4 and Xbox one and PC and they ran very smooth. And so kind of seeing that jump to switch, which no offense to the Nintendo switch, but hardware is not as powerful as that. And especially saw it in Balan wonder world. And I was kind of like, Ooh boy, that looks yeah pretty rough there. I'm really curious to see how these other games are going to play natively. And you know, that's, that's with the Nintendo switch. That's the nature of the beast. I think the, the big thing that, and of course the coolest thing about it is that you can take those games on the go with you um and undock them when your other significant other wants to watch tv boom you can pull out your switch and start playing the game there and so i think yeah. there's a there's kind of a trade-off for that there so I mean, i'm not dinging it hard on that but uh, a lot uh, uh, again as they usually do in these mini partner mini events um a lot of great variety in the games that were shown yeah. i mean Balin word in the world balan Wonderworld to sniper elite 4 i mean woo, yeah. two ends of the spectrum there um but overall, I thought it was pretty good. I I thought it was a solid entry, um, considering that they've been a little kind of quiet and inconsistent with their reveals. It's always good to yeah. see Nintendo um, pop up. I, with a new There's
1: analysis, been so. a lot of frustration this year with Nintendo, and just, you know, it felt like we kind of got Animal Crossing, and that was kind of it. Uh, I know we just had uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is a... Oddly, a lot of spicy takes I've seen on that. I think, you know, people feeling the $60 price tag maybe wasn't right. A lot of people comparing it to other other remakes that honestly were in a totally different scope. I don't think it's fair to like look at Resident Evil 2 and like compare it to to what this is, but the say what you will. Nintendo is very clearly preparing to release new hardware next year. They are a hardware manufacturer like they they make games but the reason they make the games are to sell the hardware Mm -hmm. and so it's very clear to me that they are preparing to launch new hardware in the form of a switch pro or something along those lines and it seems like they are saving a lot of of what might have been talked about this year. You know, COVID is also another factor. So like COVID pushes things out. And then at that point they're like, oh, should we show it now? Or should we just, you know, let Mario get us through the the, the holiday, which honestly it's not even really a Nintendo holiday as much well, I say that, but it's probably still gonna <laughs> sell gangbusters. But like with next gen, you know, that's gonna that's gonna like that's gonna vacuum up all the attention, I guess you'd say. Mm. And so I it's think kind of Mario it. They're just going to mm-hmm. ride that through the holiday, you know. Do a do a little bundle, keep riding on that that uh, Animal Crossing uh, positivity wave that they that's still going somehow. But the I, I have a feeling that once the Halloween event and then the the Christmas event hits, those are going to be big uptakes and people getting back into the game.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then next year, I would expect to see a little bit more like maybe even in that January Direct we typically get, that would be when I start to get some, some Nintendo hype back because mm. they've had a record year of Switch sales and they're going to have a Switch Pro probably next year. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd say we'll start to see some early trailers of cool stuff next year. But
0: Okay. Well, I mean, again, super excited for everything coming out yeah. in 2021. Um, but you know what's coming out here in 2020 is the Xbox Series X and Series S. Um, Next item up for discussion here, uh, pre-order details have now been given out for the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. Uh, You'll be able to pre-order your console starting on Tuesday, September 2nd. I believe, believe, yeah, beginning on September 22nd, you'll be able Mm -hmm. to pre-order at 8 a.m. Pacific time at the following retailers, Microsoft, I mean, all the big ones, Microsoft, Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop, Walmart, Target, Sam's Club, Newegg, and other participating retailers, and that is for the United States. Um, I'll definitely keep this up here for just a second here, so if you guys want to check out, um, depending on where you live, your country, you can definitely check out and see where um, they'll be available there. Um, Also, pre-order is also available via the Xbox All Access program. If you want to utilize the All Access program, remember where you can get the Series S, or the Series X, bundled with um, two years of Game Pass Ultimate for twenty four ninety nine and thirty four ninety nine respectively. You can head over to, um, in the U.S., it'll be available at Best Buy, GameStop, Microsoft, and Walmart. That is where you'll be able to use the All Access stuff if you want to sign up for that. Um, it's We're going to talk about PlayStation in just yep. a minute. We, we got that at the end of the show. But um, with this here, um, how do you think this is going to go, Seth? Especially, you know... Considering everything that has happened so far with pre-orders mm-hmm. um, this, this past week.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we, and like Cameron said, we're going to talk about PlayStation here in a little bit and their, their pre-order situation. But uh, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about... These are two very different companies in the way that they, they approach um, the sale of goods. Uh, one thing that, and I'm going to dig more into this as, as we get closer... I've discovered that Sony is really good at communicating to retailers and to press. They're very good at communicating to press. In fact, um, you look at what they did last year or sorry, earlier this year with the PlayStation five, you know, talking to wired doing uh, th- those types of early, those early articles, right? S- huge success built a lot of hype when they, um, when they start to talk to retailers, right? They, they, They tend to uh, communicate very clearly what their intentions are. They communicate very clearly that, you know, we are, you know, selling these first party games, uh, single player games. You know, they don't really try and stiff retailers by, you know, giving digital exclusives. Right. I think they're really good at that. I think where Sony needs to improve a little bit is communicating directly to customers. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Where Xbox is different first off i just want to go ahead and shout out xbox has probably one of the best social teams in gaming period i think that um, i follow josh Steineken, uh or josh stein as he goes by he's the head of xbox um social right now he is a he is just such a funny dude he's he's just an all-around great guy uh always tweeting about his amazing beard uh his amazing team that he works with at uh, xbox he had actually been on the mixer social side Previously, and then he moved it into Xbox shortly after that. So yeah, it's um, so they're really good at communicating to customers. And I also think that when you look at Microsoft, they have a store. Like you can open the Microsoft Store on your PC right now, and you can actually go over to devices and products, and they sell Microsoft surfaces, they sell uh, uh, Xbox hardware straight inside the Windows app. They sell it through their website. Sony started doing that just this year. They did, like used to, you could not really buy much directly from Sony. They had a storefront, but they never really pushed it. Um, They wanted you to go to retailers to pre-order, right? The Amazons, the GameStops, right? Those were the people they relied on. And I think that kind of blew up in their face this time. Whereas with Xbox, I think there's going to be two things working for them. A, they are going to be better able to set expectations as they've done um, Mm -hmm. you know saying when pre-orders are going to go live and B I also don't think that and don't take this the wrong way this is not a loaded statement but I don't think that the the hype for a Xbox Series X or S is going to be as high as the PlayStation 5 because Microsoft has taken this very like crossfade approach where we're going to kind of ease into next gen versus you know you got to get it Right now, and that's kind of what they communicated. So, just a tip. I don't. That's how yeah, start exactly. So, uh, <laughs> I think that it's going to be a little bit better, but realistically, it's they're all still going to sell out. They're going to sell out instantly, either from legitimate purchasers or scalpers who think they're going to be able to flip these. Um, mm. The one thing I will say in both instances: do not buy from scalpers. Do not buy from scalpers. You will be if you want to buy a Series X or PS5 this year, you will be able to. Do not worry about that. There is going to be plenty of stock for people who want to get them this year. Will you get it right at launch day? Maybe not. In fact, those who pre-ordered within the first 30 seconds are maybe not going to get
0: theirs on there launch are day. a lot that's... of cancellations, people coming yeah. kicking back on that. Um, and even like uh, Rurutu in chat says, mm-hmm. a lot of people I talk to on Discord are going through the PS5 but not at launch. Um, and then also even the other comment as well says that they aren't even considering Xbox monthly fee thing at all. The all access plan that is, that is interesting. I, 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 a part of me feels like we, I still haven't felt Xbox really pushing the all access plan. Um, I made a comment on, um, let's see if I can actually pull it up. A Twitter, I think, a while ago. If you actually go to um, their website, so if you go to xbox.com, you actually let me flip over web here. You go to xbox.com, you go to devices. I want to see the Xbox Series X. Who man looks so good! I'm so excited. I want to buy this thing.
1: I really want to point out just how great of a job the (laughs) product team did on these landing pages. Looks so much better than it
0: did. We t- oh, we had a conversation good. off mic about this too. We so. did.
1: It's like and and you look at it it matches it matches the visual style that they're going for in the new dashboard. Like every every step of buying an Xbox now feels con- like like a consecutive journey versus this like weird disjunction like oh i'm on a web- microsoft website and then all of a sudden i'm on a gaming console like the design language is the same. So sorry to interrupt i just wanted no, to good. shout out but like spec- it's such a good site.
0: Specifically i come up here look when i want to learn more and maybe buy it the first thing that pops up is it it doesn't say starting at 299 or 499 it says starting at 34.99 a month. And when mm-hmm. you click and learn more, the All Access plan is the first plan that shows up, yeah. and so it definitely tells me that Microsoft is clearly using this All Access plan as, if anything, and again, I'll, I'll piggyback too. I don't want this to sound negative at all, but like as a mind share thing to showcase, like even even with the Series S, even with the PS Five digital version being three ninety nine boom 34.99 a month people will be like oh man that's really cool because people understand subscription services now and i just but i still feel like we're not getting a lot of information um from them about like i don't i feel like they're not pushing this like and i guess you know we still got a couple of months out but like where are the commercials where it pops up and says like you know the most powerful console, all the games you want, and the best, highest fidelity, yep. starting at thirty four ninety nine a month. Boom, Xbox.com. Yep. Like and maybe I just have to sit in my hands and wait, and we'll see. Um, yeah, but... the marketing
1: cycle, it's a little too soon to start the mainstream marketing cycle, because mainstream marketing is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, without getting too inside baseball on, on marketing and whatnot. Uh, right now, the only people who really care about these things are... I would say really like core and hardcore gamers, right? Like the people who are going to try their best to buy one day one. Yeah. There's a, and remember, always remember this core and hardcore gamers are not the majority. They are a minority. Right. And so the mass populace of people uh, that are out there are not necessarily going to be clamoring for this day one, but they are going to want this probably within the first three or four months, right? Uh, The holidays, are going to be yeah, the, whole, the time. I mean, so, like it, it, you'll, you'll have a big
0: pop the first week and then black Friday and the whole mm-hmm. December timeframe is really going to be your time to shine there. Yeah. So, and, and
1: I, I do think that things are going to be better than people are talking about. We talked about this pretty extensively on the console wars episode. So if you want to talk strategy of getting boxes to people's hands, go check that out. But I, I agree like Xbox is going very, um, like I noticed that as well. They're going very hard on like, hey, this the price is actually starting at thirty nine, thirty four ninety nine, and that is, I think, uh, another example of Microsoft getting into their own lane. They are um, continuing to distance themselves from Sony. They are becoming more of a best place to play when it comes to value. Uh, the 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 key, I think, the core component of Sony's like approach to gaming is quality, right? They want quality exclusive content. Microsoft will probably get to a point where they like start to talk about quality exclusive content, but right now the real the reality is is that they've got to focus on value. Mm-hmm. Game Pass is always attached with the word value and the best way to do that and I talk about this so extensively in Console War, so please listen to that. But to buy a next gen console and a next gen game on PlayStation five is going to cost around $600 because remember no games come with the PlayStation five, right? Tax is a thing that you got to factor in. So you're going to be putting 600 bucks down to walk out with one game. Microsoft is going to allow you to put 25 or $35 down and walk out with 150 games. Right? So it's a, this is a two totally different conversations that are happening right now, but, uh, bringing it back to pre-orders uh i am interested to see how xbox's pre-orders go because they've actually given a specific date and time and they've even you know i've heard rumors of them kind of i hate to use the word threatening but like you know threatening retailers with limited stock if they break this embargo which is something we're going to talk a lot about in playstation's uh category coming up but I'm really interested to see, like, is Microsoft's website going to go down? Is Amazon's page going to go down? Um, are if they don't, is it because not as many people are pre-ordering or because this is the right way to do it? Because what they're doing, Cameron, is exactly what Apple does. And I think it's the best pre-order experience that anybody can offer. Mm-hmm. They say, here's the announcement. Pre-orders start on this date and... You, you know, I'm expecting the best place to go and buy this to be Microsoft's website. And, you know, people are going to hover Amazon. People are going to hover GameStop. But remember, uh, in theory, the amount that they are getting should be smaller than the amount that Microsoft is providing. Because Microsoft is going to provide you the best experience to buy their box. I just hope that, yeah. you know, Walmart, like, we can't rely on Walmart or Amazon to provide great customer experiences. They don't really care about that. They care about pushing the product, right? So... Well,
0: my, my um, only my only big concern on these pre-orders is going to be if, hopefully, people have some type of plan in place for potential bots and other yeah. um, kind of software attacks on these websites that could crash them. Um, I'll... I'll, I'll Again, I feel like we're preluding to the PlayStation talk here, uh, but I'll talk more in detail about that later. But it's just, I'm hoping that even, I'm hoping that the fact that people now know the exact date these websites are going to be releasing this stuff doesn't bite them in the butt. Which, yeah. I, uh, because hopefully this whole, these couple of days have given them time to prepare um, forward, is probably going to be some pretty big traffic coming in on those websites too. So. Yeah. So we'll see. It's I, I hope it goes well.
1: I and I hope that it's not a shit show because if it is, then that's basically like at that point I would I wouldn't know how to fix it, right? Like yeah. the only way I would know how to fix it would be to say launching through the Microsoft store November tenth, launching everywhere else November seventeenth and basically just gating the retailers out. And at that point you're declaring war on retailers who are your partners, right? It's not a great experience. So that's the only thing I could think of to make this better because I think Sony's like on website experience is the best we're gonna talk about this I think Microsoft's on website experience is going to be the best it's just are they are they giving a the majority of their stock over to Amazon and, and Walmart because they think they're gonna sell more over there I really want that paradigm to shift away from that and get to come to Microsoft come to Sony but we're just in this state like we're in this stage now where we're still carving out the dependency on retailers. And we're we're pretty well clear, but there's still a strong dependency on retailers to to push these products. But I would say, you know, GameStop and Walmart and and, and places like that have lost a lot of their their uh I what would you say, their threat. They're threatening aura around. Uh, yeah, sure. Know,
0: we can call it that.
1: But like the I just see the future being like just like Apple, like the best place to buy an iPhone is from Apple. You can go to AT and You can go to Verizon. They'll sell you a bunch of garbage you don't need. Um, but if you want to buy an iPhone, the best place to buy it is from Apple. And I hope that that is how we we look at these consoles moving forward. But I don't know
0: we're going to get there this gen. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. We'll see. You know, it's not coming back though. Uh, unfortunately, uh, let's all press F in chat, or have a moment of silence. Uh, next story up for a bit here, the Nintendo 3DS is now officially discontinued here. Um, this being, being read here from Owen S. Good over at Polygon.com. Uh, Nintendo has formally discontinued its 3DS handheld gaming platform. Um, word spread early Thursday with Twitter users in Japan noticing the remaining 3DS models on Nintendo's Japanese language website listed as out of production. Uh, Nintendo's first per- a Nintendo spokesperson confirmed the end of the 3DS in a statement to Polygon, quote, We can confirm that the manufacturing of the Nintendo 3DS family of systems has ended. Nintendo and third-party games for the Nintendo 3DS family of systems will continue to be available in the Nintendo eShop, on Nintendo.com, and at retail. The existing library of more than 1,000 Nintendo 3DS games contains many critically acclaimed titles and can provide years of content to explore and enjoy, end quote. Um let's all have a quick moment of silence for the Nintendo 3DS. Thank you. Um Seth, how do you how do you feel about It's
1: <laughs>
0: It's about time. It's, it's,
1: it's I mean it's yeah, it it's about time the 3DS I think it's the end of an era for that for the idea of a handheld gaming console, right? The mm-hmm. Since the Game Boy, there has always been a Nintendo handheld console. It's, and I think that the Nintendo handheld console has given us some of the greatest Nintendo experiences ever. Pokemon, remember, is a mostly handheld experience. Uh, a lot of the like really great 2D Zeldas are handheld experiences, right? Um, there's just so many amazing games that came out during the, the DS and 3DS era and it, it sucks to see it go. But also I remember a time when they would talk about 3DS in the directs, you know, you remember 2017, 2018, they were still announcing games for the 3DS yes. in Nintendo directs and people were like, in myself included, we're like, get that garbage out of here. I want <laughs> stuff on the switch, Right. And I can't remember, there was one game I got really salty about that they announced that was coming to, like, 3DS. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, why not put that on Switch? Like, uh, it might have actually been Pokemon Sun and Moon. I think that was the one where I was like... Yeah, I would have liked that on the Switch. Because, like, I loved those games. I just wanted them to look... I wanted the gameplay of Sun and Moon, but with the look of Sword and Shield, right? And that was because yeah. i love that that island theme so that it, it it really sucks to see it go some of my favorites included uh, i remember playing Ocarina of time again on it was really awesome oh, uh, i'll have that on my a, 3ds a link Yet. between worlds uh, so good Bra- yeah like there so were a good. lot of great great experiences on 3ds what well, what about you what were some of your favorite 3ds oh memories?
0: man. 3ds memories um the 3ds was the really the system that really opened up um my eyes to fire emblem like i remember uh, playing oh fire yeah. emblem awakening and then like well, after that it was just kind of downhill cool from point. there i think i have it's on it's where it? it's right there the red you see the red boy right there i've got fire Always
1: Emblem. Lexing his shelf
0: yeah I, you know i have to you know put it up but yeah you know, like uh the the fates uh, Pokemon X and Y, all the Pokemon games, of course, I love them on there. But like the, I think the, the biggest memory aside from what you talked about, because I I remember I played through and beat Link Between Worlds, and it was so awesome. But like the, the all the a bunch of the Fire Emblem games from Awakening to Fates to um, uh the 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 remake of one of the original ones that came out on 3ds. I, I I love those to death. I haven't beaten them all, mm-hmm. but I love them to death, and I've had a lot of fun with them, and it's really made me a big Fire Emblem fan. Yeah. Um, so I definitely thank the 3DS for that. We know it's going to be sad to see it go, but, you know, it's kind of one of those, like, it's about time. You know, it's been a decade. And... Is...
1: Yeah, I think generally once a new console comes out, you can expect the old one to hang around for about two to three years. So it makes sense that the 3DS hung around for as long as it did. But, yeah, it's, I mean, Switch is king now. Like, Switch is here. It's on track to outsell just about everything, including the Wii. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. It's time to move on and and focus on the, the the next, the moving forward. And I do think that the switch is a new era for Nintendo. There's no more divide between handheld and console. No more, you know, separation of that, both from a graphical standpoint and a gameplay standpoint. Right, everything they're building is designed to be played and enjoyed on the go, but also on the couch. So I think the the future for Nintendo is very bright, but yeah, let's pour one out. Let's get an FN chat for that legacy of handhelds all the way back to Game Boy, right? The original. Very true. So, well, yeah. Well, See you around, buddy.
0: Nintendo 3DS wasn't the only piece of gaming industry thing that decided to call it quits this week here. Uh, next story up for bid here. The um, director of Beyond Good and Evil 2, Michael an- Michelle Ancel has uh, quit video games here. Reading this from Joe, Scre- Joe Scrabbles over at IGN.com. Um, Michael An- M- Michael Ansel, creator of Rayman and Beyond Good and Evil, has said he's leaving the world of video games to open a wildlife sanctuary, but assured fans that work on Wild and Beyond Good and Evil 2 will continue without him. Um, he said on Instagram, quote, Today is a very special day for me. After more than 30 years, I've decided to stop working on video games and fully focus on my second passion. Wildlife. My new project takes place in the real world and consists in a wildlife open sanctuary dedicated to education, nature level lovers, and wild animals. Addressing his currently ongoing projects, Incel reassured fans, quote, Many of you might want to know what will happen to Wild and Beyond Good and Evil 2. Don't no worries, since many months now the teams uh, Since many months now the teams are autonomous and the projects are going super well. Beautiful things to be seen soon this is this game i feel is approaching i have different tiers of like length of time it takes to make a game and we are um, slowly approaching final fantasy 7 remake levels of this game and if they're not careful they're going to approach duke nukem forever levels of delay with this game uh seth what do you think about this news
1: i gotta ask you where does Final Fantasy versus thirteen,
0: later known as Final
1: Fantasy fifteen, <laughs> on that oh, scale.
0: it's like right. It's like that in Final Fantasy seven Remake are fighting for a battle yeah. between like the uh, second to the top. Yeah, end.
1: it's. Uh, I can't imagine that it's easy to work at my or at uh, Ubisoft right now. It's Ubisoft has had a rough year, for lack of a better term, and I could very. I personally, Cameron. Hope that I some I sometime reach a point in my future where I just retire and <laughs> spend all my time with animals, like or whatever your passion is, right? Like this guy's very he created Rayman. All right, this man is very wealthy, so I don't think that this is uh, more. I don't think this is like anything's going on at Ubisoft other than what we've already heard about. But I could very easily like I've been, I have worked at a company as it has kind of been going through large cultural changes before and it's it's something where if you are someone who's been there for a really long time or you are someone who's very anchored to uh the 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 history right when when everyone's pushing for change sometimes you just look you sit down one day and you look at the numbers and you're like you know what this is more stress than it's worth i'm just gonna i'm gonna see myself out and you know Dark Knight, Dark Knight has a great quote. you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain and so you kind of get to this point. it's like, you know what instead of watching my love for this company, I've spent decades with deteriorate over the next two or three years as we go through, you know radical changes and i and I'm not saying that this is person like anchored to the to the past, but like it makes sense like it's it's it is emotionally exhausting when your company that you've put years and years of service into, hits a rocky road like ubisoft has right like can you yeah. imagine finding out that some of your peers or coworkers have been abusing people like that and you know obviously they're the ban hammers is brought in swiftly and they're dealt with but then on the other hand it's like oh well i just lost everyone that i knew right and so you have this double betrayal of like <laughs> everyone i knew was not that great uh-huh. or some of the people i knew was not that great but then also they're gone now so like I'm kind of alone, right? So you get a little loneliness, you get a little betrayal. So uh, I'm not saying that that's what's happening here, but yeah, I mean, if I had been at Ubisoft for a long time and wasn't part of the purge that recently happened, then yeah, I'd probably say I'd be looking at at yeah. what's next. And if I've got money
0: like he probably does, opening a wildlife reserve. I mean, you know, no more power to him that he can yeah. do that. I mean, go follow your dreams. Uh, 30 years in the gaming industry, that's a long time. That puts a lot of years on you. I mean, we've it's talked like a, a, enough about that here in the show. Yeah, and
1: you think about, uh, uh, I just you know think about like Nathan Drake at the end of Uncharted Four, man, like that dude just wanted to. He's like, my days of adventuring, you know, I'm I'm ready to enjoy life, and that's, like I'm done. Uh, that's, real. Yeah. that's real. That's real. That's a real feeling you'll that you'll have. So it.
0: I, I want to let it be known, Virutu uh, in Chat has shifted my scale of the late timeline we're going to take. Um, nookin forever and slide that down and put star citizen as the number one because that right. game technically is still not out oh my god um but no i mean beyond good and evil 2 it was announced in 2014 we really didn't even see it until 2017 and even then it was no we saw that that was when we had like that video demo thing mm-hmm. um i still don't i mean it's 2020 we haven't really heard of the game or seen it since god only knows when that thing is coming out
1: the last thing I heard is they were going to crowdsource the music for the game, and I was like, "Well, that's going to blow up in their face." And then it did, and then they went quiet. But I mean, I don't have any love or, or nostalgia for Beyond Good and Evil. I tried it once uh, when it came to back compat, and was like, "Ah, this game, a little too old for my taste." And so I kind of ducked out real quick. I have little to no hype for Beyond Good and Evil Two. Yeah, I hate to say that. Like, it's I'm sure someone out there is screaming and shaking their fist at the at the screen, but. It's just I you got to if if I don't have the nostalgia there you have to show me why it matters right you have to show me what about it is exciting and all I've kind of seen so far is very unrealistic lofty expectation of like we're going to make Grand Theft Auto 5 but you're going to go to different planets with flying cars and I'm like okay yeah but like I'll believe it when I see it right from from a studio that hasn't We're still waiting
0: for it. It's been that hasn't produced it since its announcement. It's been six years. So,
1: listen, man, I like I said, I I hope that one day I can just retire and open an
0: animal reserve. Like, that's (laughs) he's the real winner here. Let's be real. He is 100% is. Although, technically, you can consider us the real winners as well because we finally got details about the PlayStation 5 and a super awesome showcase, guys. It's time for Topic of the Show here. We're going to roll right into the PlayStation 5 Showcase. Um, We didn't talk about it during Console Wars. That was specifically to talk about kind of the comparison between PlayStation and Xbox. Again, if you want to hear all the conversations about that, we got a three-hour show for you for Console Wars Episode 7. You can go check that right out there. But this one, um, we specifically saved everything that happened in the... um, playstation 5 showcase to talk about here right here for you guys here Let me make sure i'm pulling up all my goodies so i know what i'm talking about and what's about. great is this is a saga this isn't just a single event there's a series of there
1: is uh to to quote the the book series and later netflix series and also movie it was a series of unfortunate events <laughs> perhaps <laughs>
0: But it's uh, I, I, I'm i excited for us to talk about this. This is going to be a good yeah, one. It's going to be a good one here. So we're going to dive right in, guys. First up, we're going to just talk about the showcase, everything that was detailed there, what we thought about, all the announcements. Um, and then we're going to go into the aftermath and all the crap that happened after the fact. So let's get right to it here. First up is... Oh, my God. It was rumored... We, we were like, oh, is, are they going to show it? We don't know. They show it off. Final Fantasy 16 is real. It's a thing. And it looks damn good, especially on my monitor as I'm watching this right now. Man, that looks great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually weird. I didn't
1: go back and rewatch this like I did with a lot of things. And so, like, I'm going to feel that second that second wave
0: of hype with you good. on this. Um, so, so uh, at the beginning of the show, they immediately said that, like, this thing popped up saying... Uh, this this title is running on a pc emulating ps5 hardware which immediately tells me off the bat this game is still got a while to cook um i'm not going to i honestly think this is a 20 was a 20 i think t- late 2022 game maybe 2023 uh title here uh 2024 is the earliest we will see this game you think 2024 right? oh my 2024,
1: god yeah this will be a I mean, think about, think about, we got 7 Remake 2016, wasn't it? 2017? And it didn't remake. come out till this year? Yes. And that was a remake that covered about two hours of the original game.
0: Oh, yeah. But, well, look, I digress. This this has a completely new team. It's like uh, Creative Business yeah. Unit 3. Uh, surprisingly enough, uh, we found out about this after the show. But um, one of the, the the producer for this game is Naoto Yoshida. Now, you probably like who the hell is that guy? If you are a Final Fantasy fourteen fan and started getting vibes from the um, character models and everything yep. in this game, don't be surprised. Uh, Yoshida-san is basically the guy who brought Final Fantasy fourteen back from the dead after it was crap. Uh, he was the one who actually worked on the project to make it what it is today. So that that's really exciting for me. Uh, that's also the reason why we've kind of gone back to the fantasy setting, and it's we're not back in like the futuristic. You know, the the fantasy is the the, the new reality thing that Final Fantasy 15 and a lot of that games previously were doing. Um, yeah, well, d- did this do anything for you? Because of course, like if, you, if for the love of God, if you haven't watched me at all you know i'm a huge final fantasy fan so i'm like 100 in throwing my money at the screen
1: yeah i and yeah yoshi p is a very very amazing dude if you want to hear all about his uh uh his rescue and salvage of final fantasy 14 please check out the no clip documentary series uh lots of great interviews with him but yeah it's i'll be i will be real with you i think that When you look at Final Fantasy, when Final Fantasy VII came out, we switched from Final Fantasy and went to Final, you know, like, steampunk, right? It was all, you know, futuristic belt buckles, that kind of, you know, (laughs) that that thing, right? And, And they carried it through. I think Final Fantasy XII was probably the closest we got to maybe getting back to the, like, fantasy roots of, like, hey, you know... Sword and sorcery, kind of thing. So, Mm. for me, this is a welcome return to that. I love the look of this game. I'm i very intrigued by the story to find out. You know, there's a, there's a, uh, looks like a younger kind of prince, got some kind of power, Phoenix power. I was joking with my, uh, fiance and was like, oh man, the Phoenix force is coming to Final Fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready for Rex to roll around the corner with Sid. Um, (laughs) but the, I think the real, the, I'm gonna call it the Seto Kaiba, life point drain moment was the console exclusivity to PlayStation Five. That yeah. was a. I'm mean, actually you talk
0: about. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: You talk about chess moves in the console wars. That was a, that was a big one. And now, we gotta like prepare for a lot of fine print prepare for a lot of asterisks prepare for a lot of trailer 100%, edits.
0: 100 percent. because this um, was a trailer edit it, it, the, the screen looked a whole lot different when during the showcase but um when they uploaded the trailer individually this is the new background as well um originally it had, during the show it had said also available on pc mm-hmm. um now they have edited edited it to say playstation 5 console exclusive um, with an asterisk that says not available on other platforms for a limited time after release. So uh, clearly showing that this is a timed exclusive. Um, but now, I-, I figure the PC version still stands. But that does leave a little bit of ambiguity on if this is going to come to Xbox um, at all. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is, uh, A lot of our conversations
1: tonight are going to be about semantics. Um, what is platforms? Uh, what is... <laughs> What is a limited time? Right, there's uh, uh, one month. There's one year. Those are totally different approaches to it. I I do think that when you look, and we've talked about this before, Sony has an unbeatable edge in Japan. They just do. And the final uh, Final Fantasy 13 was the first one to break out and do a simultaneous release on both Xbox and. Uh, PlayStation 3 at the time, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. You yeah. have to understand also that at the time, Xbox 360 was the 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 market share leader. They were riding high. They had the love and adore adoration of fans. Right, um, Sony was in a bit of more per, you know a perilous situation. They had the you know second job situation, the 599 Redracer, all of that stuff that people that Xbox fans love to invoke in all of this. Right. So they were writing off of that. So it makes sense from Square Enix's perspective, they wanted to diversify and make sure that they could reach people who didn't buy the thing. Well, then all of that changed when the PlayStation 4 took the lead once again in this previous generation. Now, I think they probably got to a point where they started to look at some of the numbers and Sony also probably pulled out their checkbook a little bit for this one and said, hey, what is it going to take to get you back in the at least timed exclusive camp? because this was the opener for a reason cameron it was the opener for a reason and i was like i looked over at my fiance and you know i'm a huge xbox fan and i've been a little bit harsh on them this year just from a from a strategy re- regarding they're, they're letting a lot of things slip through their fingers while they've been trying to lock down this like ultimate platform right they're letting a lot of things slip through their fingers and i was like man this just dis- invalidated everything xbox did this year to to wow. build up to build up like first party game hype. Like they like, yes, avowed looks amazing and has potential to be another Skyrim, but it is an unproven franchise, right? Uh, There is a lot of anticipation for fable. Again, this is coming from folks who make a, you know, open world racing game, a really good open world racing game, but they don't make RPGs. Right. So there's a lot of unproven promises. Whereas. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, when you look at final fantasy, there's 16 of these bad boys for a reason. Like they are consistently good, and with Yoshi P at the helm, I would say that, you know, Wow put Wow in its own thing, right? Well, and Bubble I think
0: well, Yoshi P is a producer for the game because yeah. I'm, I'd imagine he still they still have him working on um, 14. Yeah. Um, I think the director for this game was like an assistant for Yoshi P under 14. So yeah. he was one of the main kind of main head. Big wigs, and it looks like they're giving him the opportunity to lead his own Final Fantasy numbered game, which is a big deal, especially yeah. in Japan. What's also interesting as well, uh, I swear if I if I had the information I'd pull it up, but the uh, gentleman who is actually running the combat for this game, his previous works, he was actually um, part of a team who worked on the combat for Devil May Cry 5, and a couple and of Dragon's other... Dogma. And Dragon's Dogma. Two very good action games. So, that's going to be very interesting and very excited. I know we saw the trailer, kind of the action-oriented part there um, Mm -hmm. of kind of doing the spell. So, I'm really excited to see how that kind of bleeds into the Final Fantasy franchise.
1: Yeah, this was, man, you want to talk about a gigaton opening. This was a
0: gigaton opening. It it, It was It, people... And this isn't a knock on anybody. There are people who will buy a PlayStation 5 purely because of this game. Yes, it's yep. not gonna be out for a couple of years, but the mention of next Final Fantasy, console exclusive, they instantly in for PlayStation 5, I can guarantee it. That's so. and that's Sony's that's been
1: Sony's MO for years. You know, I, I talk about it all the time. The E3 of Dreams announced a bunch of games that wouldn't come for another three years. And that's but that made people Stop second-guessing themselves and said, nope, just go ahead and get it. Like, I know I'm getting this stuff. Uh,
0: Rurutu in chat says that trailer just sold two million units in Japan.
1: Yeah. And like (laughs) like you say that, Rurutu, the thing about it is is Final Fantasy is big in Japan, but it is bigger. Like, it is a Western... As far as popularity, that thing targets Western audiences way more than it does target uh, Japanese audiences. Square's like dragon quest is what targets japanese audiences that is the game that 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 is the true japanese that's audiences a good point gonna buy left and right and that i mark my words mr kearns dragon quest 12 will be coming to the playstation 5 exclusively uh, i know we're getting dragon quest 11 and game pass and things like that but my, you know i've talked about this and it, at length and and it's it's just getting to the point where it's like people just have to realize microsoft cannot win japan because japan has two of the best console manufacturers in the world right now and why would they why would they release a game exclusively on xbox when very few people in their native country have that compared to a playstation and yeah, I mean, it's, it would be, it, we talked about this in console wars a lot, but it's like the same pride that we, that a lot of people in America have from buying made in the USA products, Japanese folks have that same pride in buying Japanese made games and products. So it's, it's a losing battle, sadly, but yeah, getting the exclusivity back, big deal on this. Yeah.
0: Big deal. Um, Ruru2 in chat also says, well, Microsoft go for China since there was no consoles there these days? Uh, both I mean, all Microsoft and Nintendo and Sony are going trying to go into China. The big trick there is that um, regulations are making it a little bit difficult and a little hard to get those consoles in. Like, you know, we'll have the consoles out this year. China may not get it until, like, middle of next year, if at all. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of regulations they have to jump through.
1: Being very blunt, it is hard to be doing it right now in the current climate. It's hard to do business with the U.S. and China in a, like, Like in a way, like in like, hey, we're working with both of you, right? Like, if you work with one, the other doesn't like you, and vice versa. So, and this is, I don't want this to skew into anything else, but like, that's just the reality. You know, I've I've shared this on console wars. I've shared this here before. I am I'm a shareholder in all three of the major console manufacturers, and so I I follow them on more than just a oh my god new Mario, right? Like, I follow them from a financial standpoint, from a business strategy standpoint, and right now. You are not, it is not advantageous to say we're launching something in China just because (laughs) you want to sell this thing to the States right now, right? Like new Mm -hmm. generation consoles are coming out this year in the States. And the last thing you want is a crazy news story about some executive order or something else that's going to tax you or limit your ability to sell these consoles. So maybe, maybe, but it's going to be later. Yeah, we'll definitely see.
0: Next up, immediately after that banger of an opening here, we got this game, we finally got gameplay, Spider-Man Miles Morales gameplay, um, coming, I'm still, I, I walked into this showcase really expecting this to get delayed, honestly, with all the delays, especially Halo 5 getting delayed, I was like, man, this game's gonna get delayed, I just feel it, um, it is not, it is confirmed... 2020, it is a launch title for the PlayStation 5 on November 12th. Seth, you go first. What did you think of the footage they showed here? I mean, again, this like me sitting on my 2K monitor. This looks great, it looks awesome. Yeah, it's
1: uh, this is phenomenal. I mean, this is this is the killer app. This is why Sony acquired uh, Insomniac insomniac thank you so much this is why they acquired <laughs> acquired them this is what playstation fans want this is uh so sony it hurts and <laughs> it is it is why you are not able to pre-order playstation fives right now it is because of this game i will tell you it is because of this game this is the thing that is creating urgency to buy that thing I, i've and... had
0: i've heard way too many people like on twitter with friends, social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you name it, to tell me, even on the lowest part of the spectrum, like I don't really care for God of War. I didn't really like Horizon. I don't like Persona. Uh, you know, all these other exclusives I didn't really like. But man, Spider Man yep. was real good, and I can't wait to play Miles Morales. Like, full stop. Like, and, and it's it's it, it, it's an exciting time. Um, yep. I I'm very happy to see that they are very much sticking with the fact this will be a launch game i think i talked about it before in last month's console wars that like if what does playstation have to do to be successful this has to be a launch game if this is a launch game yeah. especially now that halo infinite is delayed for the xbox side this is a big get and a big yep. plus for um people who are looking to try and buy a next-gen console um,
1: yeah i and i think this is it you know and i I had this whole gag lined up, Cameron, I was going to do with you, uh, in Console Wars where, like, I bring up a picture of, like, a screenshot from Spider-Man and I, like, drag over the Miles Morales and then I add in, like, a snowy gif, right, and I'm like, oh, we finished development, it's gone gold, right? I had this whole gag lined up, but I didn't think it was in, in proper taste to, to 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 do that because, yeah, this game is going to probably be a very similar map. Um, I think they're probably got a couple new areas. Like I know Harlem is a big one that's going to be super exciting to explore, especially on that street level, like that street fair segment at the beginning. sounds really cool. Uh, Let me just go ahead and go ahead and prep you. They are playing the exact same narrative playbook that they did last time. Here is uh, the main villain, the trickster. (laughs) That's definitely the main villain of this Spider-Man game. Uh, Just like they did with Mr. Negative. Not saying Mr. Negative is not awesome. He's a very cool villain but not you know the sinister six is that those are the villains that people think of right so i do think this is going to be a bit of a bait and switch um uh we got you know yeah is it okay for me to say who the main villain of the original spider-man i feel like the statute of limitations is up on there right
0: uh spoilers for marvel spider-man for the next uh 30 seconds go
1: 30 seconds yeah so Obviously, Doc Ock was like the the villain of that game, but it was really cool to see that happen because you saw him in the game, and you're like, oh, maybe they're setting this up for the sequel. No, 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 that was the game. Like, seeing his transformation was part of the game. So, um, so I expect yeah. something similar in this
0: one. We, you know, we I had just set I'm, up... I'm sorry, like this whole combat sequence. I definitely have to give shout outs here when the yep. music and like the hip hop music kicked in on this. I was yep. like, dude, hype,
1: so oh, hype. Dude. I'm so glad that Miles Morales is becoming a first name basis like in household in the in the Spider-Man household. Right. Like it is uh, between uh, Into the Spider-Verse and now this. It is so cool, especially the year that we have had, dude, like the fucking year we have had. (laughs) It is so nice to see someone like giving justice and not like pandering and not doing anything like just. Trying to, to catch yeah, free to, brownie to, to points. Check,
0: to check boxes or fill a quota. Yeah, to
1: check boxes. This is a... They said, we want to take the Spider-Man game that is the most popular PlayStation video game ever sold, period. Yep. And we want to evolve it, not by making Spider-Man 2, but by making the continuation of Spider-Man, but from the perspective of Miles Morales that they they teased in the last game, right? Like, that was mm-hmm. a thing that was, that was teased in the last game. So... To see this happening, I am so very happy that Spider-Man Miles Morales is not delayed. I- I'm so glad I get to experience this at the <laughs> beginning, right? This is
0: one of those games you just expect to be delayed. I, just to expect- I, 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 I'm still kind of like, I- I'm hopeful, especially now that they've revealed and announced everything and we're like two months yeah. away. But I'm still holding my breath like, please don't delay, please don't slip. Like, I- This is a game I'm super... Super excited for! I'm sure, just like yeah. everybody else, when uh, they get their PlayStation fives, if they can get them this uh, um, holiday, this is going to be like the first and foremost game they're going to fire up to test it out. Yeah
1: what are what are some of your thoughts, excitements what are What are some things you expect for <clears throat>
0: for Miles Morales? I'm honestly like playing as Miles is going to be cool. I, I, we saw the combat sequence as well, like the different powers. Uh, that Miles Miles has with the camouflage and the Venom Shock, um, especially in that combat sequence, the fact that you could definitely see that Venom Shock was probably going to be used very widely in his fighting style, as opposed to Spider Man and what he does. Uh, but no, I, I'm just I'm super excited about really getting a chance to explore. I, I, honestly, I'm I'm excited to play more Spider Man. That, that, that's yeah. it. Like the uh, uh, Spider Man. The 2017 game was uh, one of the few games that I've actually platinumed on PlayStation, like 100% of the main game, everything I'm still working through. I think what the last DLC pack, um, Mm. to completely platinum the whole thing. So I'm really excited to get a chance to see this game in action. I'm also excited. People really haven't talked about it a lot, but the um, uh, costumes, like what costumes are they going to throw in for miles in this game? I want to see that. It's going to be really cool.
1: So I need to ask you this. Um, there are elements of the Sony press conference that happened during the event. And then there were elements that happened after the event. Do we want to talk about the ones that relate to, like, do we want to talk about some oh. of the stuff we learned about Miles yeah, Morales? Yeah, we- weave it in.
0: You're definitely weave it in. Okay, 100%. okay.
1: So the two th- two big things here, and one of them is probably going to be a conversation we have a little bit later. But if you want to have it now, awesome. So this game is going to be forty nine ninety nine dollars uh, retail price at USD, of course. Yes. and there's going to be a collector's edition that is 69.90 so 70 bucks that will include a remastered version of the 2016 or sorry 27 2018 sorry i'm just 2018 you're what right what is time it's 2018 2018 spider-man uh with enhanced visuals uh further draw distance faster you know load times enhanced resolution all that next gen goodness right so that was kind of announced in the blog afterwards um lot of recurring themes here will be, we learned in the blog afterwards.
0: Yeah. we And so... It, this... it, it also should be noted as well that um, they did announce in the blog and after the fact that Miles Morales will also be coming to PlayStation 4. So the other thing. if you're not like, if you're like, Ooh, I don't know if I can spend money on a PS5, you'll still be able to get the game on PS4. You just won't have any of the yeah. next-gen goodness. But I digress. So I... Sorry, I've got
1: to. I have to go ahead and just start rubbing sony's nose in it what happened to three weeks ago when the we believe in generations (laughs) like boy it's bad look like it is like and i'm coming around on something like i'm coming around i'm like you know what i see they're a lot like apple and like i put up with apple's bullshit so like i need to be able to like (laughs) like i need to be able to accept it but like man what a absolute just slap in the face to the people that were really excited for this to play I mean, as it, a true next gen experience, and then to to not only do to not only do this, and like I, I want as many people to play this game as possible, and I don't, I'm and, not and, stupid enough to it, think that it's being held back or anything like it's that. It's clear, clearly
0: Sony thinks the same thing too, and they want as many people yeah. to play it as possible. And honestly, like. And, and you know what's funny enough is, let's we rewind the clock a couple of months back when this game was first shown off. A lot of people were like, "Dude, is this coming to PlayStation Four? I really want this to come to PlayStation 4. Sony needs yeah. to make it come to PlayStation Four. And then, it's so funny that it it um, now it's coming to PlayStation Four. You don't believe a generation, Sony? I just the people specifically that are very contradictory like that is funny to me. But I, 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 I don't. Here's dis- cashy. <laughs> like no, Sony's not. Uh, it, it was put very plainly in, in a good way to me on, on twitter somebody tweeted out like sony is not going to ignore the 110 plus million playstation 4s out there um at least not in the transition period as yeah. i'll quote unquote tell, um speak on that um and and it's you know what we talked about on console wars again about like if this is holding stuff back i don't Short answer for me, I don't, you know, I I gave my entire full detail on why I don't think it is holding stuff back. Um, That being said, it does give some leeway for people that, um, you know, regardless, like, you can still pick up this game without having to buy a PlayStation 5. And the nice thing I do like uh, Sony doing is that you'll be able to get an upgrade to the PS5 version of the game at no cost. So whenever you're ready, if you want to upgrade to PS5, boom, you can do that. Um, but, no, it's just, the, like, the whole... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the showcase, but, like, yeah. there's a lot of... There was a lot of... This was, this was an E3 conference. And I will yeah. explain why at the end, when we're done talking about all of this, to kind of... Yeah, let's put
1: a pin in next-gen game pricing mm-hmm. and generational transition yeah because otherwise we talk about we're gonna
0: fill this section for like 20 minutes yeah. so we'll talk about yeah, it at the end no. um because i know everybody wants to talk about including cash family who just joined us in chat here welcome cash um wants to talk about this next game coming up here the hogwarts game that got leaked like two years ago we finally get to see it hogwarts legacy is the name of the game it is coming in 2021 seth I know. Listen, this okay? So I need
1: to give you an exact play-by-play. So yes, this is my background. I am all in on this. I need to give you an exact play-by-play of what was happening at my fiance's house because we were we were actually staying with her family during this event. So we were watching it together on the couch. So um, my fiance's brother had broken down on the side of the road. He had called, you know, called it called his mom to get some help. She mm. was on the phone with the tr- tow truck. Cu- tow truck company two rooms away so this comes on I engage full hype lord powers and I'm like oh and from the other room I just hear in the most loud yelling professional mom voice ever shut up (laughs) (laughs) because I'm being too loud and I was just screaming man look at this is the Harry Potter game that we have dreamed of uh crazy awesome magical creatures spells potions everything i was really interested to know where they were gonna fall in the timeline and i'm so so glad they've chosen way before any of the harry potter books take place this is in the 1800s so it is going to be a early look at hogwarts um back in its you know even predating Dumbledore and... and uh, Before Dumbledore, before stuff.
0: Voldemort, before Harry Potter, yeah. all that stuff. It's yeah. way before that. So,
1: it's, I, I'm excited for this. It is. Uh, you can't talk about Harry Potter right now without talking about some of the stuff that J.K. Rowling has been involved in. And quite it's honestly, unnergy. I just want to see... I want the Wizarding World... I've talked about this before. The Wizarding World is a franchise to distance itself from Harry Potter books because... Harry Potter is a legacy I don't think should go away. There's a really great Daniel Redcliffe video that talks about, basically gives advice on how to be a Harry Potter fan given all of the hateful things that J.K. Rowling has said this year and honestly in years past, just we didn't know about it mainstream until this year. He shares a lot of stuff. Basically, it is okay to love Harry Potter. Just be mindful of, you know, don't let yourself feel bad for loving a thing that you love because of somebody else who, you know, quite honestly. Don't let
0: and the big thing was like, don't let J. K. Rowling and her stance on certain things prevent you from loving a franchise that quite frankly has gone beyond her. Like I don't when I think of Harry Potter, I don't even think I don't think JK Rowling I was like, I was I was so excited for the game. Like I'm just this weekend I was like, hun, let's just watch I just bought all of the Harry Potter movies on in 4K on Apple TV a while back. Let's just watch. Let's watch them all. Yeah, around.
1: and and I would say look at Harry Potter like a lot of people look at Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was one of those it had the the benefit of time, right? Like Lord of the Rings came out long ago like and mm-hmm. uh J.R.R. Tolkien was, you know, long past since when they started making the films right but if i were to go up to somebody and ask them hey describe gandalf for me right they're not going to describe the book version of gandalf they're going to describe the movie version of gandalf right and that's because those movies took a book series and elevated it into a cultural status that now anyone can can work you know can uh can connect to right and i think the same thing happened with harry potter daniel radcliffe is harry potter to most people uh That is just, you know, that's just what happens when you port it to a movie, right? Like a lot of people read the book, more people watched the movie. That's just the way media works, right? And so I, I, for bringing it back to the game, so excited for this, so excited. I want to see that character creator, man, I'm ready. I want to see that. Here's the thing. I want to know, how does the character creator work? And also, how does house selection work? Because I'm very interested to see if they let you pick your house, or if the house is something that
0: you like. You have of, to answer questions or something like that, and they like put you in a or house. even
1: or even like a tutorial. And depending on what you do uh, in the tutorial, kind of dictates your you know your behavior. Like I love this idea of like Dragon Quest or sorry Dragon Age, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the behavioral <laughs> like that Bioware stuff. Like if we're really going into the RPG direction, I would love to see like the consequences of your actions being reflected in that however i do think that you've got to let people choose because i do think that that would be a bit of a controversy if you said oh you can't pick your house but yeah. it's going
0: to be really cool to see yeah like and it's Hogwarts. you know and it's speaking on the jk rowling situation for a minute i i, I will 100 percent say that it is a very this game got released and announced and it's just a 100 percent very confusing time for a lot of harry potter yeah. fans um like everything with J.K. Rowling, I like my Twitter blew up. I was reading all these different notices from people. Like, should I support the game? Should I not support the game? You know, is how is J.K. Rowling making any money off the game? Because if she is, then I'm not going to support this. If you support this, then you're doing this. Well, you can still support this game because you want this. This franchise is bigger than her. You know. Uh, I've heard uh, all sorts of ideas. Buy the game secondhand. Wait till somebody trades it in, and uh, this might be the one good thing that GameStop is here for. Like you're here to let us buy secondhand Hogwarts Legacy copies in 2021. That's it, GameStop. Don't do anything else. Um, yeah. But like, I don't, I 100 don't know if there's the right answer. I, I mean, some people like it was to the point that there were. I read a tweet from one guy who dug in research and like said he had proof that. The developers are um, no that um, the sale of the game does not go into J.K. Rowling's coffers. Like she doesn't get any money from people buying the game. You, you know th- this debate of like, well, if you buy the game, then you're supporting her, but if you don't buy the game, then you're hurting the developers. Which it, 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 I don't know if we're ever going to know the answers to that. Especially yeah. if you buy the game, if it goes to her, I don't know if J.K. Rowling had the foresight to make licensing deals where she gets like one percent of every piece of Harry Potter thing that's sold. I highly doubt that especially from a big corporation like WB, I'm sure they said, yeah, we're taking the money. We just want the... Here, here's here's a check for a price. Yeah, We're taking the license just full on stop. Um, but yeah. and the oh, Wizarding
1: ahead. World is a different... It's an entirely different franchise, right? There are things that happen... And I'm talking about the Wizarding World as like WB. That is what they branded their Harry Potter content, right? They don't refer to it as... The Harry Potter world. It's the Wizarding World, right? And they've branded that content separately because they want to explore other areas of the story that the books may not have covered or may have covered, but in a way that doesn't really sync up. I know one thing in the Harry Potter fandom that really gets people worked up is the Cursed Child, right? This uh, side story, J.K. Rowling. Uh, the published. play. Yeah. 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 The play. So, like, no spoilers. No spoilers. La, la, la. But, like, it's, you know, it messes up some of the canon, right? And so some people reject it, right? Like, very similar to, I think, Rise of Skywalker. Like, some people reject it, even though it's quote unquote part of the canon. Yeah. Because it ruins their fun. And at the end of the day, don't let things ruin your fun, right? Like, if, like I think Harry Potter is probably one of the most popular franchises in the world, like especially in the U.S. Like well, I was saying, in the and, U.S. for and, sure,
0: and and not even that. Like in in reading through Twitter, I read all these different stories from a lot of people within the trans community and friends of the trans community, and whatnot, like detailing how hard this trailer hurt them because of yeah. all the 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 people and the 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 emotions and stuff that they went through and, like, kind of the period they were going through when they were first introduced to Harry Potter and how, like, a lot of the Harry Potter stories really helped them through their processes in life. And so, I, like, I... I <clears throat> it's really hard for me. I like Harry Potter. Like, it's... it's, it's I don't, I'm not going to say it's not at Final Fantasy levels of hype for me, but it's really, really cool. And I I've always thought that having, like, a, a, a current-gen game based on that would be super, super awesome if they did it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Like like I said, I don't I I don't pity anyone, and I know it's like a really hard thing to try and figure out, and it, because you want to play the game, but you also don't want to support J.K. Rowling and the comments that she's throwing out there, and so like I don't I don't pity anyone like with this decision they have to make and we have to make, and you know hopefully we'll get more information, and I'm sure fans everybody will be banging on the doors, asking questions like, give us the details we want to know because we need to decide if we're going to buy this game or not. Um, and hopefully they can figure that out. Yeah, Cash mm-hmm. Family actually gave us some good context and, and we can wrap
1: up after this. So J.K. So This is a quote from WB regarding uh, her involvement. So J.K. Rowling does not, is not directly involved in the creation of the game. However, okay. her extraordinary body of writing is the foundation for all projects in the wizarding world so that is in the official game faq so i mean i think the the blunt reality here is yes jk rowling is going to get royalties from this game the question if you want to boycott it on a moral ground you certainly can i am here to tell you that there are a lot of people who are going to play and enjoy this game and it's problematic for sure but it, again, it's one of those where it's like, I do think that that Harry Potter is bigger than J.K. Rowling. I think that it is one of those things where I want to support the people who are making this, right? Because as far as she's concerned, she's done with it, right? She just wants to sit back and enjoy the fruits of her labor, right? But these are people who are pouring their blood, sweat, and tears into making the Harry Potter game we've all dreamt of, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I still to this day love PS1 Hagrid memes because it's just like, <laughs> but that was. I'm telling you, Cameron, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, when I was a child, was my favorite PlayStation 1 game. I had a little PS1. It was the game I put more hours into. The game is garbage. It is not good. (laughs) But because it was Harry Potter, I loved every minute of it. Lego Harry Potter is one of my favorites. Not because it's better than any of the other Lego games. actually a lot worse than Lego Star Wars. But it's just so much fun to play in that universe, right? And it's so different than a lot of the other universes that are out there, right? Mm. It's got this... uh, uh, It's able to pull off this, like, classic vibe without feeling, like, on the nose about it because it's almost like they're aliens in the the 80s and 90s, right? Um, Like, they're completely detached, and so they're, like, living 100 years in the past. So now it's interesting to see, like, what if we go 100 years in the past? How are things, you know, where horse-drawn carriages are still a thing? And, like, I'm just so excited to see how how portkey games and this is a new studio that was made just to make harry potter games portkey you know is a thing from harry potter this is similar to 343 or the coalition where this is a studio made to produce games from this ip and so you know these are people who love harry potter and they are going to pour their blood sweat and tears into it and i think it's just it would suck to rob them of of the chance to succeed because of the failings of someone who's honestly I've kind of written out, like I don't even like, yes, yeah, she created Harry Potter. Like I can create something, but in order for me to respect and value your opinion, you have to maintain that respect, right? Um and since she's decided to kind of forfeit that respect in favor of, you know, hurting those around her because it makes her feel like she's validating her beliefs, then I don't you know, I kinda I reject humanity, JoJo. <laughs> like you know, I'm JoJo's reference here, of course, but like I just reject that,
0: okay. her
1: involvement in this. And so it's it's hard to talk about. It's it really hard to talk 100%. about. But um, I do want to see more of this game, and I want to see how they address this. You know, what I would really think would be a great slap in the face is for WB to say, hey, you know what? We're going to commit a portion of this game's sales to LGBTQ
0: that would charity. be awesome. That would
1: be That great. would be, I think, the best possible thing. Now, are you going to take a little bit of a hit? Yeah. Are the shareholders going to like it? No. But you are going to buy back, literally buy back the love of all these people who might skip on the game or buy it used or something like that because you are doing, you know, I just finished Avengers, so let me quote the Avengers. Good isn't a thing you are. It's a thing you do, right? And so the best way for them to show good is to pay it forward literally uh so that would be my advice if yeah. if i if, if you're listening wb uh just you know <laughs> commit to that and heck even print it on the box like that's the the ultimate way to cement that legacy as being different. Okay. Like, good point proceeds from this game will go to benefit x charity uh and support of trans rights I'm sorry, I, I went on a rant there. I love Harry Potter, and I hate what's happening right now. Yeah, but...
0: I, I'm with you. I'm with you, hundred percent. yeah, um, so. well, there is one game that we really don't have to worry about uh, not doing well, and that is the next game on the list. First here. off,
1: let me just tell you that this show was a dude. <laughs> it, it felt like I felt like I was in the midst of 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 Jodaro just. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was just getting pounded, like, left and right it, with uh, game. Uh, As
0: I said, I will t- talk about it at the end of the show. This was an E3 press conference right here. Yep. Uh, next up, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, we got a little snippet from the first mission in the single-player campaign. Um, <clears throat> the only question I have, and it's coming up here in a minute, is why the hell did this sniper miss the shot on the dude? I digress. He shouldn't have missed that shot. You'll find out in a second if you're watching the video. But um, it... I, Call of Duty got me back in with Modern Warfare last year. I'm really, really excited to get a chance to play this Cold War game this year. Um, I should mention as well, it's over now, but they did say when this um, showcase got released that um, this past weekend, PlayStation 4 members were actually able to access the uh, Cold War multiplayer alpha. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, P- PlayStation 4 players were the first to be able to play this game. Um, but I... I the game, I. It's Call of Duty. It looks great. It, it's going to look even better on PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X. People are going to buy the game. What do you have to say, Seth? <laughs> I, don't know. I, play, a... I played the alpha, and I can give you your backup. Oh, back box quote. Okay, go it ahead. It is
1: Call of Duty. It is as tight as you remember. It is, and and if you're really into Call of Duty, uh, I, I'm. I, it's one of those things where I have to admit it to myself. Like even I was playing Modern Warfare earlier today. Like I, I am really into Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm not dude bro about it, but I love and, Call of Duty. I, and I and they the found
0: G-C's. a new, they they found a really new, big new audience with Warzone and getting people yep. like basically that's the that's the entry level drug to get you into Call of Duty games. Now it's like yep. go play Warzone, and then when you love it so much, you just can't stand it. Go buy the next yearly Call of Duty
1: yeah and like this is a treyarch call of duty and if you're a call of duty fan you know what that means and so it feels like a treyarch call of duty you can see from the footage that you're playing right here this is more of an action film than it is a military oh yeah you know and you think about like modern warfare you had you know these these big you know uh i forgot what they're called right now but like these you know these moments uh I can't remember. What are they called? Like the, just the big cinematic moments, right? um, that big
0: set pieces. Uh, set piece, thank you. Thank you. you. That was okay. it.
1: That was the word I was looking for. So be, these big set piece moments, but like, yes, we're going to blow up a train with an R or a plane with an RC car. Like this is a furious. It. Oh, Stupid I'm sorry. And ridiculous. <clears throat> and I love it. Sorry. So yeah, between this and zombies and multiplayer, it is. I'm very excited. The eighties vibe is great. I played the Miami map a whole lot during the alpha. And yeah, it's like neon neon lights in you know that Vice City vibe, but in Call of Duty with these next gen graphics. And yeah, it's
0: it's more Call of Duty, but that is good. Yeah, um, the the thing I, I I'm liking about this game, and I'm sure I talked about it before, is the fact that um, it will have cross play still and cross gen multiplayer. So yeah. PS4 players can play with Xbox Series X players. And vice versa, and all around, and everything like that. Um, I'm really excited to see... I I talked about it before, like, when a big-name developer gets on the cross-play bandwagon, then everybody's going to take notice. And the fact that Activision is getting on that is a big freaking deal. Um And, and the fact that they're still going to do that in next generation means that even if you're not getting the next gen consoles, if you're a big Call of Duty fan, you'll still be able to pick up the game. You'll still be able to play with your friends yep. um, in multiplayer. So that's really, yep. really cool. Looking
1: good. good. Keep it up.
0: Next up here, at least I don't. I, I think this I don't think I started getting through like the bottom part of this and some of this stuff may be out of order here, but I digress. We're going to talk about all of it anyway. Next up the village resident evil eight Give it to me. a new trailer was shown um we're, we're watching it here what seth what's your beat on this game dude mega hype listen
1: resident evil's my jam resident evil 7 was one of my favorite experiences from this last generation i played it on psvr it was unbelievable and this is giving me Resident Evil 4 vibes like I can't even tell you.
0: Yeah, it same here.
1: snowy mountains. Uh, even at the end, they tease the shopkeeper, you know, a, a little cheeky shopkeeper. The, man, what my hype buying? levels are through the roof. My hype levels are through the roof for yep. this game.
0: I, I want to see more, like, you know, they have the werewolves. And the, um, like, yeah, you see the werewolf throwing them out there. And they had the cute little story here they were detailing um, in Resident Evil. I have no idea if that's playable or not, but it would be cool to see. But, no, Resident Evil, just, it, the, this trailer was really cool. We got to see more of this game still sticking to 2021. Um, I don't think they gave a specific date. Um, it. it <clears throat> I, I will definitely say as well, like, this, I, I'm really excited for where Resident Evil is headed, and Resident Evil 7 was a big part of that. Like, I played through mm-hmm. Resident Evil 7. I loved every minute of that. I'm really excited to play through 8, um, especially after playing that and Resident Evil 2 and 3. Um, yeah, I mean, just continue to, yeah, bring bring me back. I, I want to see what's going on with uh, Ethan and whatever the hell these werewolf things are and what yeah. the hell's going on in this village. Like, give it to me. It's
1: Yeah, it is so cool. Like, you think about Resident Evil as a franchise. started as this, like, you know, tank Mm controls, survival horror, and then it evolved into this over-the-shoulder, like, masterpiece of of third-person action. I would even go as far to say, like, Resident Evil laid the groundwork for a lot of Sony's biggest franchises, right? Like, that over-the-shoulder action gameplay um, was, you know, that was the first game that really took that in like a narrative focus, right? And took it in this like action survival horror, right? Mm -hmm. And then at seven, they pivoted back to, you know, looking at what Amnesia Dark Descent did for, um, I mean, the cat and mouse style of horror. And they really went in that in a direction I think was just so great. And there's a, that game is one of those games where, because did you beat seven? Did you beat seven all the way through? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, there's like three distinct parts of that game and each one you feel cooler so there's like the beginning part where you are literally like running for your life and then you get a gun like six hours in or whatever and then you're like okay I can kind of defend myself let's explore a little bit do some puzzles but I still gotta watch out for the big bad and then there's the end which is like I'm done yeah like it's It's the same Resident Evil formula they have always done but it was done in such a way that it felt like Doom did where like you're ramping up in power yeah okay And so by the time you get to the end, it's not like you're plowing through everything and it feels boring. You're plowing through everything and you're like hype, 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 like you're riding the high. So I'm excited to see how is this going to play into that, you know, especially looking at at games like uh, Blair Witch, Amnesia, Outlast, those continuing to draw inspiration from that, but doing it in this like snowy, you know, european style uh, approach it really gives me resident evil 4 vibes that i'm i'm looking forward to so
0: yeah uh <clears throat> jade and chat asks biggest question for resident evil are there herbs uh, there yes. has to be like i think there, there will be, be herb. um, herbs 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 however you say it uh next up here uh we have a quick preview preview here um odd world soul storm a new trailer was released for that um kind of detailing a little bit of that kind of quick pop in in there uh do you have any beat on odd world because i do not dude
1: odd world creeps me out i don't like the aesthetic of it at all and i was really surprised they gave it this much time i will tell you i once my new metric cameron for for helping video game companies check how popular they think their game is going to be this is my new scale for that. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The game remastered will sell better than this game just because. Oh, wow. Okay. It's I like I've never met someone in my life who's been like, man, I love Oddworld. Like Oddworld is just this weird franchise. It's like I don't. I'm not a fan. I don't like I don't. I have zero interest in these. Even back in the OG Xbox, they did Abe's Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I remember playing the demo disc and was like, mm-hmm, not for me. Don't care. <laughs> Give me
0: the Mech Assault, baby. Well, Give me the. Ma- I want. I want the magma launcher. Well, maybe you do care about our next game here. Five Nights at Freddy's security breach got a revealed. I didn't even know where the hell they were going with this game. Um, apparently, a new <laughs> Fr- Five Nights at Freddy's game is coming. Uh, anything, Seth? Yeah. So uh, I love the idea
1: of Five Nights at Freddy's. Like I've told, you know, I said just a moment ago with Resident Evil, I love the cat and mouse style horror. Mm-hmm. The thing that I've always that's always turned me off to those games is that it felt like a very simple mobile game, right? It was all about jumping between the cameras and closing yeah. doors. It was a, it was basically switches and levers, right? And I think the thing that I have wanted to see, because dude, like I watch a ton of VTubers that play these games. Like, there's just a dime a dozen from like Korea and there'll be these like horror games right that take place in like a, a an ancient shrine or a temple right and and I'm like I just want that like that's what you know it's basically like a really crappy version of amnesia and I'm like what if somebody took a like amnesia formula and applied it to 5 nights at freddy's it could be a really great cat and mouse horror game and I think this is what they're going for in this especially I would love to see like mouse trap style uh traps and things to like protect yourself like the idea of like closing the door right as it gets to the door right and it like uh that old jurassic park scene where the raptors like right up on the the window breathing in like that type of tension is what i want and i hope that they do this because like believe it or not five nights at freddy is a powerhouse franchise like
0: well, apparently franchise. apparently not to the people in chat here both cash family says let five nights at freddy's die and then jade in chat says this oh, not to man. be mean i know there's people that love five nights at freddy's but it feels so overplayed and redundant at this point um but I... what if they
1: want to take it in a new direction like i will admit it's the same they kept releasing the same game with a new gimmick each time <laughs> but like what if they want to take it in a direction more like it go ahead more like amnesia the dark descent or more recently like the call of cthulhu game which was more like a it was a weird hybrid between like an adventure game and a a role-playing game because you're like putting stat points in and then like if your strength is high enough you can open the door but if not you've got to go around and sneak like that kind of stuff like that's the like i think about that type of gameplay and like there's I, something genuinely scary about being trapped at a Chuck E. Cheese with a murder robot. Like.
0: I I don't disagree with you. If they can make some changes and kind of reinvent themselves, I'm fine with that. But I would agree with Chat. I, I just I, I feel like every time I see Five Nights at Freddy's, it's the same game every time, and yet they still sell so many. He sells so many copies. So yeah, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on this one. Can um, I ask
1: you to do me a favor, real quick? Yes. I need to turn on my ceiling fan and grab a soda from the fridge. This will take me approximately 45 seconds. Can you riff for me? Can you can you entertain chat?
0: Can I riff, He they ask. Of course I can entertain chat. Go go okay. do your thing. I'm
1: going to step off camera for just a moment. BRB. This
0: one, um. M um, in chat actually says, if this one goes in a new direction, then that would be great. I just haven't seen anything but the exact same gameplay with the new skin for the nast- last few five nights at Freddy's. Um, The Cash Family says, just make a salad fingers game and let Five Nights at Freddy's go. No, like like I said, I 100% agree. I think that all the Five Nights at Freddy's games have just been carbon copies. It felt like it. Maybe some new little gameplay tweak here or there, but really not much. And so, it it does concern me that they showed this, but they they showed the environment, but they never really showed any gameplay for this game, except for the last little bit, which... Kind of plays out the same way as, oops, sorry, as other games before. But, you know, I don't know. We'll have to see, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely check it out and find out and see. I, I just... Five Nights is not my cup of tea. It's just not. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I digress. I'm probably just talking to my butt here. Um, no, but now... He's back. He made it. I'm
1: back. You know, so, sorry. But, I also changed into some shorts because I'm getting a little overheated in here.
0: Yay! So that's what ceiling fan. That's the secret, guys, because I did that tonight too. <laughs> like I'm, I'm wearing my my shorts now. I'm, back. Um, I'm back and ready to rock and roll. Did you talk about anything cool while I was gone? Nope. We just reiterated on what we already talked about here. Okay, but we're, okay. we're about to talk about something cool right now. Um, Death Loop. The next video up on the docket here, we got. I, I I will say this is the trailer. I was slowly getting more and more excited for this game. This is the trailer that made me hype for this game here. Uh, this was, the trailer's called Two Birds, One Stone, and it really goes through the gameplay and really details like what you can do. Kind of the long and short of it is like, he, he, you know, you've gone through the loop so many times and now you know how to kill this one guy, but you have you have a certain amount of time to kill all eight of the people. And so there are things you can do in the game to kind of try and make people be in the same area at the same time. That way you yep. can kill them both at once without having to jump halfway across the map. This was really, really cool. Uh, Seth, what did you think about Deathloop showing here? Listen, Deathloop
1: is one of the reasons that I am buying a PlayStation 5 at launch because I want to get ready for this game. I love everything Arkham does. Uh, sorry, Arcane, not Arkham. <laughs> Different thing. I love everything that Arcane has done. Dishonored was one of my favorite stealth action games. So this is... This... To me I know how this game plays, right? It looks a lot like Dishonored. But I was curious, how do you get this time loop thing to be to be interesting and not feel like a roguelike, right? And cuz that's a very divisive term that turns a lot of people off because we want to feel like we're making progress. And this gives me the vibe that it's going to feel a lot like The Witness. Whereas The Witness was a game all about aha moments, right? Where you have an aha moment and then like Mm -hmm. now that you have the knowledge, you are equipped with the knowledge to succeed in the game, right? That's going to be the same way here. Like you're going to go through and you're going to kill target number one and you're going to be like, all right, cool. The problem is, is I'm running out of time. So we're going to be coming up with new strategies and tips to try and get these people to like meet up or, you know, to kill two birds with one stone. And it's going to honestly feel like a mousetrap, like setting up a trap, right? Like it's going to be all about making sure people are at the right place at the right time. And that is such a unique, like when I think about what is next gen gaming, this is what I'm thinking about. You know, I've talked before about I'm expecting next gen systems, right? Not just next gen graphics but this is the idea that I'm talking about where there are eight unique AIs that are functioning in this open world environment and I've got to figure out the best way to hunt them all down. Now you ask yourself, Cameron, you say, well, well, once you figure out the puzzle, it's solved, right? You can't solve the puzzle a second time. Well, that's where you have another person who is literally hunting you in the game. They are the they are the uh, the agent of anarchy, right? To make no two playthroughs the same. Yeah. This game hits all the... Like, this is going to be a fun game to watch. Speedrun. It is going to be a fun oh, game yeah. to watch on streaming. Be, like, uh, watch a streamer play it. Because when the invasions happen... Like, this is a game that encourages stream sniping in the l- most literal term possible. Right? And so, it is such an exciting and refreshing take on what i think next gen gaming should be about and you're seeing some gameplay here of uh, i can't remember the name of the assassin but you know she's yeah, I can't remember hunting her name new. and it, she even says she's like well you've got eight targets but i've only got one right it's just so this is one of my most anticipated games of next year because i know this is going to be a game that okay. feels uniquely next gen
0: Okay. What about you? Tell me. Tell me what. Where are you sit on this? <clears throat> I'm. I'm. I'm completely hyped. I'm super excited. I you know. I. I feel I was one of the people that was late on the Dishonored bus, um, with the Dishonored one and two. I made up for it. I bought the um, Dishonored two, which came with the version of Dishonored one, so mm-hmm. I could play them both. Uh, this gave me the itch to go back and play Dishonored two, and it. I just like Deathloop is. I feel it kind of sucks that it, it got delayed to next year, but. This really, really got me excited to kind of jump back into that game and kind of show me why I liked the Dishonored game so much. And now, like, Deathloop kind of has that same feel because it's from Arcane. Then now I can go back in and I can start jumping in and playing this game um, in quarter two, 2021. Like, trying to figure out these puzzles and, like, how can I get these people together? Or, you know, what can I do to kind of kill all my targets in the um, fastest way possible without getting killed by the other assassin? It's going to be really cool. I'm super excited about this.
1: I want to see the so. person who is able to pull off killing all all eight targets with one bullet.
0: Oh, my God. Pull do a, you think I, that would be possible
1: to get them all around an explosive <sighs> barrel of some kind or to trigger a chain reaction that
0: I don't know? I, like, I, what I, a
1: cool marketing pitch that would be.
0: That would that I think that would I think there's possibility for that. In which case, that would be like the, one of the most hardest things to do, and like all the work you'd have to go in to make that happen, it, uh, mm-hmm. and then like t- everything would have to be perfect for that to happen. I I think that's my thought. Yeah, we'll see. I'm very
1: excited for that game. Uh, the Cash
0: excited. Family in chat says now I need to go play Dishonored. Thanks, Cam. You got it, it, buddy. You got it. Do it. Uh, next up here, I want to save the big one for last. So next one is. Capcom, you saw Capcom on the screen, I was like, ooh, is this the Automata game that got announced? No, it's not. But I I still think very equally cool here, uh, Devil May Cry 5 is getting a special edition mode. Um, I believe they have like the, if you've played Devil May Cry uh, before, they're adding in the um, Dark Knight, Legendary Dark Knight mode. They have, I think, the Bloody Palace mode, where you can like practice and fighting it basically it's like a gauntlet mode where you just go up towers um and then the big one here as you guys are seeing in the trailer if you're watching is that um, you get to play as virgil in the game which is always like i you have so much fun playing devil may cry but then you're like man i would really love to play as virgil he's badass and then they're like oh, okay here here's some dlc here's a special edition uh that you can play as virgil um what do you what do you think about this seth I think this is a
1: game that is perfect for next-gen launch because it is just dumb fun. It is a great graphical powerhouse showcase. This game goes up to 120 frames per second. So if you want to talk about games that are going to show you the power of next-gen from day one, right? We We know launch games are not always the best at showcasing the power because no one's really figured out how to tap into that yet. But boy, imagine all of the shit that you are seeing on the screen right now at 120 frames per second. If you haven't played this game, it is the it is up there with Yakuza in terms of ridiculousness, and I would say it's even more ridiculous from an over the top approach. Like, just if, if you remember the the opening cutscene that they showed, do you remember that with the? the the van flipping oh yeah no, and, no, no look. yeah and like it's just such a like devil may cry is just such a banana ball I, like, I, I,
0: I will definitely say this game was great and i really I, i'll even admit that i don't think i gave this game it's due when it came out i think like two years ago in 2018 don't hold me <laughs> to that um i played the game and i beat it i ended up getting the game on pc and let me tell you good sir. On PC, this game looks fucking awesome. It is gorgeous and beautiful on my 2080 Ti and the 2K monitor in every sense. I think uh, like I was getting upwards of two 140 to 160 frames on my monitor, and it was beautiful. If you are a fan at all and you have not given this game a chance, hopefully, if you have an Xbox, um, you got the, at least the base game. On at, for Game Pass, but uh, coming, they did announce as well that this will be available at launch, but it will only be available digitally. You will not be able to get this game physically, but it is coming in at a very reasonable $39.99. Um, I don't me and there's a part of me that's like i've already i beat the game like i 100 yeah. percent it I, I don't think i need to play this but then you get to play as virgil I'm like shit. the
1: virgil dlc is coming to the other versions <clears throat> they oh it say. is
0: okay you'll be able to purchase it
1: now i also want to do one more correction because i don't want people to like run off it, uh devil may cry 5 is no longer in game pass it was removed from game pass a few months back so yeah it's no longer there but this is i <laughs> uh, go ahead and put on your tinfoil hat i'm sure it's because this was coming right uh so, that being the case, if you like that type of action, you know, score-based action game, over-the-top shenanigans, combos for days, this will be the way to play it. Like you said, everything you talked about, you have a 2000 to $2,500 gaming rig that honked out that type of power, and now folks can go out and buy a $500 box. Oh,
0: it was so pretty! Oh yeah. my god. So now,
1: like, the, the, the tech... I guess the, the the value tech is catching up in a way that like, yeah, now people are going to be able to go out and have that same experience without having to, you know, have that 2080 Ti, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah,
0: that's going to be awesome. It's definitely it, definitely consider, if you haven't played Devil May Cry 5, you like action games, give that game a shot when it comes up in next gen here. Listen,
1: chat and listeners, I do my best to check him when he gets out of hand with this stuff. He comes in here, he's he's always like... Well back in 2000 back in 1982 when I played Overwatch for the first time at BlizzCon and back you know I you know when I when I'm over here on my 2080 TI that I got you know launch day I you know I try my best to bring him back in right I feel like a uh, like Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 you got the you got the 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 giant sun and he's using the arms to keep it from blowing up that's that's that was Cam's ego right and I just got to keep it in check <laughs>
0: So he's not flexing too hard, right? Um, you know, and I can't wait to get the thirty ninety and put it in one of my rigs. Well, probably gonna put the thirty ninety in my streaming rig because you know it needs the extra power. I'm completely bullshit. Exa-
1: yeah. No. <laughs> why, why stop there, dude? Just go ahead and put it in the
0: third PC you're building for something. I don't know. Um, uh, Cash Family has a quick question in chat says a Game Pass question. If you are playing a game and it is removed from Game Pass, can you still play it? Correct me if I'm wrong yes. Seth, that is a no.
1: You okay. No, no, no. Okay, so I sorry, I misunderstood your question. No, you can no longer play it. You are no longer entitled to play it. The game progress carries over if you buy the game. So, the intention, I think a lot of times they'll they'll say it's leaving soon and any game that's in game pass you can buy for 20% off. So they try and encourage you to buy it if you want to keep playing it for twenty percent off. But like, if it goes, like if you play for ten hours and then it goes off Game Pass and then six months later you buy it, you can pick up where you left off and keep playing. But once it leaves Game Pass, it's gone. It's not like the games for Gold or the PlayStation Plus. Every month they're not yours to keep. Yep.
0: And then uh, Ruru in chat says he's going to give his twenty eighty Ti to his dog to play VR. I might. Don't judge me. You don't know what I'm about. Okay. You don't know what's going on over here. No, I'm kidding. Dude, put the... No, 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 no. Put the graphics card
1: in the dog. Oh, you could up their fidelity experience,
0: dude. That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: That's... You know, it's the... the, the I'm done. Get us out of here.
0: Why don't you get us out of here? I'm going to let you intro the last video game that I think was shown during the showcase because I believe this is I quintessentially... Is. I know what it is. I know what it is. Quintessentially, Seth. Go ahead, Seth. Take it away. So...
1: The last thing they showed was finally we got gameplay footage of Demon Souls. And Cameron, let me tell you, buddy, let me tell you, buddy, this is the greatest, like, this is the greatest version of this type of game. I, I could not imagine trying to make something better than this like if you asked me to remake demon souls this is what i would do it is going to be such a great next-gen title it is going to be i cannot wait to get into ridiculous pvp battles i cannot wait for the invasions it's all a the launch
0: things. title it was confirmed that this game launch. is launching alongside miles morales Look at that! I know if you're an audio listener at home, it
1: is the gameplay trailer, so you're going to have to go look it up when you're safe could do that. But look at it!
0: It looks good. <gasps> it looks really, really good. <laughs> it's good! Yeah, no, this is...
1: I mean, I, I said this on Console Wars, I'll say it here as well. Spider-Man and Demon's Souls is the perfect launch lineup for the PlayStation 5. It covers the, the game that everybody wants. Spider-Man. And the game that hardcore fans want to play again and again, and that is Demon Souls.
0: It is this trailer, what a great title. especially like the Ward games. I've played uh, Bloodborne. I've played Sekiro. Um, I've I've never I never touched this game. This trailer really is making me consider picking this game up at launch to play it. It I mean, looks so good. Listen,
1: if you want to do some hilarious PvP, dude, I'll roll with you, man. I will roll <laughs> PvP. We will invade all these fools and we will end their lives. But look no. at the quality of the yeah. writing on the ground with the little like mist coming up from it. Man, listen, this, this Blue looks- Point, Bravo, Bravo! You are masters of of taking things that have been released long ago and making them feel like we remembered them feeling, right? Like, even though this is not how that game played, that game was janky AF.
0: And like, but the, you make it... you Go feeling. online and go look at comparisons that people, I think, have from this the stuff that's in this trailer to, um, like, from the original version to what it is now. Like, one of the big things that I know people talked about as well, like, when you go through the fog... Like, before, it's like you would go through the fog to a different zone, and it was, like, 30 to 40 seconds of, like, what, loading before it went to the other zone. Yep. This one, I think somebody timed it 0.83 seconds from the time they went through the fog to the time the level was loaded. Like, not even a second. Like, I
1: mean, look, that entire boss came in with no texture pop-in. Like...
0: Oh, that's uh, a good point. I didn't even think about it's that.
1: no texture pop-in, dude. It was there. So, I, it, we're going to see, right? Like, you know, Microsoft's betting on power. Sony's betting on speed. We're gonna see if that bet pays off with this with this game for sure. Like it's this will be the game, this is one of the few games okay, I think that are this, only coming more, to next gen.
0: Shares,
1: um, ta- there. There's Tower Knight. Look at Tower Knight, dude. Look at how good he looks.
0: The Dragon? I don't know the names of these people. Seth does. I don't That's a gargoyle. Listen. Th- listen, dude, all of this <laughs> Chef's Kiss
1: give it to me. I mean, I'm I'm not kidding. This is oh, this was the game that made me decide to pre-order the PlayStation 5. Like when I saw this, this was when I was like, "Yep, Final Fantasy coming, Resident Evil Village, I want to play that in VR again. Uh, what can I play right at day 1? Like what is creating the urgency? Demon Souls and Spider-Man. That is creating the urgency for me. And I know Spider-Man's coming to PS4, but again, I am one of those people I want the best experience and I think that's
0: yeah, that was kind of it that, for me too. That's what you're going to get, yeah. Yeah, and it says, you saw the a splash screen at the end, um, in the show as well, that's also said, also available on PC, they ended up taking that out, apparently uh, they said that that was a typo, or um, probably somebody copy and pasted, I don't know, but yeah. that no longer has the PC connotation or any asterisk, that says console exclusive, so if you want to yep. play Demon Souls, you have got to go get a PlayStation 5. Um that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and uh, that is
1: not coming to next gen or previous gen like that no. is not coming to
0: PS4 like that PS is a true next gen game only. So that that's it. That those were the main games there. They had a quick Fortnite teaser but you know it's Fortnite blah blah blah, you know, whatever. Um <clears throat> some of the things they also announced in here kind of especially as we got near the uh back end of the showcase here one of the... I'm actually going to um, bring it up here on um, YouTube. I was about to say... One of the very interesting things that they talked about... There's and, another thing that you forgot, I believe. The PlayStation Plus. Um oh, okay, yes. Did I miss something else? What else did I miss? Uh,
1: the time is near. We haven't gotten to that point yet.
0: We're still walking through. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay, Call that. I'm sorry you
1: said that was it for the game. So I was like, okay, there's another game to talk about. Technically, that was because
0: there there was no game footage shown after this. You're right. You're right. You're (laughs)
1: right. But uh, isn't that all Sony trailers?
0: But it's good. I'm (laughs) done. I'm done.
1: Oh no, no, no! (laughs) Listen, all PlayStation's great, dude. That's great. I love it. (laughs) Nathan
0: Drake, The Soul's Born. I love it. Look at that. But um. They introduced this, which nobody knew about, the PlayStation Plus collection. Now, what this is, guys, is that basically, if you are a PlayStation Plus member, um, it is a benefit. Now, not only do you get the um, monthly PlayStation Plus games, but you will also get this whole suite. It's going to roll through God of War, Bloodborne, Monster Hunter World. Um, I'll shout out uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen, Seth, uh, Fallout Four, uh, Mortal Kombat Ten. It's showing Uncharted Four. Um, there's a Ratchet and Clank, the 2016 remake. You got to play that. It's good. Days Gone. It's good. Uh, like Days Gone is actually surprisingly good and a really good deal. Um, until Dawn, I think they also have, um, the last of us remastered. Uh, there's Detroit become right. human. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. there's two more at Resident Evil seven, battlefield one, a bunch of other games. All these games are going to be, um, infamous second son, um, are going to be available um, at launch that you'll be able to download on your PlayStation 5 and play instantly. Uh, they're not remasters or like res versions of the game. These are, these are the PlayStation 4 versions of the game that if you're a PS Plus subscriber, you'll be able to access immediately on your P- PS5 at launch. Um, we talked a little bit about this in Console Wars, Episode 7, Seth, but um, to kind of reiterate, what did you think about this kind of surprise showing it, it, it's not Game Pass. I want to I want to dash people's yeah. hopes right now. There's only about twenty games on here, but this is a pretty stacked list list of some of the best games from the PS4 generation.
1: Yeah, I think that this is this is a twofold strategy, right? This is something that is to encourage those who maybe missed these games to give them a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, for, I, I think Persona Five is a great example of probably one of the best JRPGs ever made and it's a minimum
0: that alone is a minimum 100 hours of game time yeah full stop and that's scary like a lot of
1: people are scared off by that but this gives them an (laughs) opportunity to try it without any risk involved right so a lot of people wouldn't even buy that game because that's all they've heard about it right it's a 100 hour rpg well now you Hmm. can give it a shot i think that game does a really good job of roping you into the story pretty early on And so, because it is, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it is a frame story, right? So you have a good idea of, like, where things are going from the very start. You kind of want to learn how we got there, right? And so that's, like, a great example of, like, drawing in people who maybe haven't given those games a shot. I would say, hey, Seth, list out the 20 games that you say someone has to play on PlayStation 4. This is probably most of them, right? Like, Bloodborne, Last of Us uncharted 4 like these are just the bangers there, there are a lot of 4. that's
0: the majority of them for sure
1: the and i think the, the the flip side of this is sony is for the is doing something unprecedented uh they are releasing a console that is no disc drive right this is the this is an empire built on disks right they literally won this generation off of a 32nd disc based video and It's very scary for people to think about moving away from their disc library. One of the biggest concerns I've heard people talking about in getting the digital edition is like, well, it's back compatible with all these PS4 games, but I bought all these PS4 games physically. So what am I like? Am I just going to miss out on that? So this is going to give people a very low barrier of entry to switching to digital. Like, honestly, if you want to switch to digital and you're a huge PlayStation fan this is the best time to do it. You're getting all these games basically included in the the subscription for your PlayStation plus. This is a great bridge way to help people start to feel more comfortable getting these games digitally. This is not a competitor to game pass. It would need five times as many games. And, And you know, of course these are all like a list bangers, but like game pass is also about variety and, with the exception of a couple of like jrpgs and things like that a lot of these are the same type of game right and if you're not into that type of game you're not really gonna dig it right i've been playing undermine i love undermine i would never buy undermine but i play it on game pass and i love it on game pass that's kind of what that's the type of content like you want to see lots of content that that makes you feel like that because that what keeps you paying every month right This is like a big drop at the beginning and, you know, I'm not sure that these games are going to stick around forever. They may do away with this. My theory is that this is their way of kind of easing out of PS plus games every month, because when someone eventually has to stop doing that, like we have to eventually get to a point where we're not giving out a free game every month and people expecting it. Right. Like, and so this is, I think a great way to ease people out of that where it's like, Hey, we're not going to be giving you a free game every month, but we're just going to be adding new stuff to this. Nintendo did it with the NES online Xbox is doing it with Game Pass it makes way more sense for me to cycle things in and out of a service than it is for oh you've got to be here and subscribe for this one month if you're not subscribed for this one month then you miss out on it right yeah Uh, Fall Guys is a great example of a game that blew up because of its availability for free but if you missed out on it this month you're gonna have to pay to play and you know it's it kind of sucks to do that because it it basically creates a hard stop for the onboarding versus that snowball would continue to grow and get even bigger and bigger if you allowed people to
0: play it in a subscription service, right? Yep. So, we'll see. We'll definitely see. We definitely will. It's a cool idea. Definitely curious to see how it flushes out for those people getting a PS5 this holiday. What
1: about you? What are your thoughts? I feel like I've just been <laughs> chewing everyone's ear off tonight. I want to hear what you think about this.
0: The um, the The collection. The collection... Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I think I said, I talked about it in um, uh, uh, Why am I playing Console Wars? But this 100% is directed at people that were not a part of this generation. If you like, These are the people that played on Xbox for a large majority of the time during this generation, missed out on a lot of the hits that PlayStation has, and then they're like, oh, okay, now I'm getting a PS5 this generation. This is 100% like for them, this is a great list of $20 games or 20-ish games that even if you don't buy a game as soon as you get your PlayStation 5, maybe you don't like Spider-Man. You're one of the 12 people who hate Spider-Man. Maybe you're one of the the, the, the 20 people that hate Demon Souls. I don't know. And um, you still have a full list of these games that you can tear into and play through the holidays too. So it doesn't feel as much that you're just buying the system and you don't really have, you don't have the money for the new games just yet. And just pick up the PlayStation plus subscription and play those games right out of the gate there. Um, I, I think, I think it's really cool that they have this. I also think it's appreciative of that. It's not a, this is clearly not a competitor to game pass, Honestly, if they wanted to make a competitor to Game Pass, and I talked about this in depth on Console Wars, I would rather see them take PlayStation Now and integrate that into PlayStation Plus. That would be the solution there. Um, but no, this was this is a great little surprise bundle. Um, uh, it, if you've been in the PS4 generation, I don't know what this does for you. A good chunk of these games, um, some of them were free on PlayStation Plus throughout this generation. I think I went through the list, and I, like, with the exception of two games, I've played every game on that list. Yeah. And so, you know, I've got a little bit of something to do, but most of the games I've played, some of them I've beaten already, so I, you know, I, I'm good with them. I They can go on the shelf and sit very nice and calmly. But you'll be able to go back
1: and, like, play games that might be about to get uh, sequels, right? Like, there will be uh, more Personas, there will be more... Mm-hmm. Uh, more of these games in these franchises, right? And so this will give you a chance to go back and kind of experience that first game before you move into the next game. Now, speaking of sequels to those
0: highly anticipated PlayStation games. Good segue, good segue. Go go ahead and go ahead. You you, you shot it, now sing it in.
1: So after, okay, so we're at this point, we're like, all right, we're at the end. They're giving us system updates about PS Now, or sorry, PS Plus. So like, we're we're on the way out. No, 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 no. We got one more left, and so we fade to black. They give us the one more thing. We get the snowy. We get the the very uh, intense tribal music. We get the little swoosh going here, and it was about right here, about halfway up the swoop, where I was like, "Oh, God of War!" And then you hear it's uh, like I don't remember exactly what he says. The but time like, is near. The time is near, and then you see the runes start to sketch in here, and I'm just like of course like uh of course like this is the announcement for the game that's coming in the next three to four years probably and then and then and then cameron and then they load it up they give us the ragnarok we're like cool 2024 right is coming 2024 this is going to be a great mid-generation game nope
0: 2021
1: next I, year i
0: don't how? I don't know how. Like how how are they going to have Horizon Zero, Horizon Forbidden West, and God of War Ragnarok in the same year? I don't. I don't know how. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that's possible. I'd, that being said, I, I'm, I'm very excited for that. The next God of War is confirmed. Um, I actually kind of wasn't. I don't think they necessarily needed to end the show with that. Um I think that was kind of just like extra icing on the cake but I think the thing that people wanted to come out for uh the fact you know surprisingly we haven't even mentioned it in the show yet uh, that the um they kind of right before the God of War reveal the PlayStation 5 they confirmed launching 399 for the digital version 499 for the disc version November 12th in the um US Japan Canada Mexico Australia New Zealand and South Korea November 19th in the rest of the world um but, like, speaking on the God of War stuff, like, it's just, I'm ready. I mean, I loved God of War. I powered through and beat that game. It was an incredible experience. I'm really ready for the next God of War. You know, I, mark my words, Seth, one of those, these two games, either Horizon Forbidden West or God of War or Ragnarok will be delayed into 2022. I guarantee um, there, there, I, I, I will be shocked if both of those games come out in 2021. That's a good one. That's a good guess.
1: We'll see. Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the Dark Lord of Hype, so I'm going to stick with they're both coming out. Uh, okay. this is, I will say, this is Sony's mo though. This is what the like we talked about this a lot in console wars. But Sony is asking you to throw down quite a chunk of ch- chunk of cash for this box, right? And one of the most important things about making people or when people buy something expensive is you want to make them not feel buyer's remorse. Right. You don't want them to go back and be like, oh, I really didn't need this item. I probably could have waited until the price dropped or more games came out. And so I think what's important is that Sony likes to lay the groundwork and let you know what's coming. You know, we talked about this with E3 of Dreams. You know, it's they, they love to show things that are a little bit further out mm-hmm. to get people excited, but also to get people to shut up about them. Like, if you like, and this is where I'm going to kind of cir- circle back to something I said at the very beginning of this episode. Sony is really good at talking to games media. They are really good. So talented at them. So talented. In fact, they could do the exact same thing that Xbox did three years ago with, rise of the tomb raider and yank a game that has been available on multiple generations off of multiple generations and they're being praised as a master you know a master move in the console war versus back in 2016 when microsoft was crucified for right so they're really good at communicating with press and one of the things that i think they did really well here is they kind of gave like if they didn't show god of war do you know what in every single podcast episode, every single reaction video, someone would have mentioned.
0: Where's the And they War? didn't
1: show the next God of War. I wonder if they're working on it. like that. They, they just do that, right? Like Sony, they want to get the obvious things out on the table, even if it's just a JPEG logo or you know, in this case, just like little animated thing. Yeah. Because they can, they can do the reveal next year during whatever I'm I'm going to call it E3. We're not sure if it's going to be E3 or not, but like whatever that. Summertime reveal is—they okay. can show us the gameplay of God of War, and we're going to be just as hyped. And you know, it's probably going to be something stupid like now he's got two hammers, you know, <laughs> or like whatever. Like it's going to be something stupid, but they're going to do it in the, in the thing, and everyone's going to lose their minds about it and go pre-order the game. Right? That's that—that that is what Sony does. So I'm glad they showed this off because I do not want people just talking about games we know are in development and they're just on nose not talking about we got enough of that this year with the playstation 5 as a console right like good point good like, point we'll tell you when we're ready like no just confirm it exists and then let's move on like yeah. good point good point but, but we now got, we, we uh, got chunky stuff to talk about yeah we do have
0: a bunch of other chunky stuff so kind of double backing on some of the stuff we hinted at before um it it, it really felt kind of the, the saga the aftermath of this entire reveal that popped up we came in, point number one that I definitely want to make is, I, I kept saying this entire episode, like, this was an E3 trailer. This was an E3 showcase. It felt like it, because there was a lot of information that was left out. The, the trailers were specifically designed to get you, as a consumer, in my opinion, hyped and ready to go for the system and next gen. We come in, and but, but people leave this... Showcase and there's still a lot of questions to be answered. When are pre-orders going up? What is it, you know, there's an asterisk that says it's also available on PC. Is this a timed exclusive? Is it not? Is Miles Morales a launch game? Is Demon's Souls a launch game? What is a launch game? What's going on? Is it launch window? All these other questions popped up. And I, I know we talked about it in Console Wars, like this literally is Sony's MO again, where they show you these trailers and they immediately want you to swing over to the PlayStation blog and read the other detailed information there, um, which I I don't blame them for doing that because I know that as as c- gamers and consumers for the most part, when we see these trailers, we just want to see we want to build up the hype. We don't want to see charts, we don't want to see information and text. Just show yeah. us the games and let's roll with it. So I get that, but there still could have been a lot more information shown during the showcase. Uh, we we kind of added in during the show some of the information we'd already gleaned from here. Yeah. That uh, Miles Morales and Demon Souls are confirmed launch titles. They actually have um, a launch launch day games from Worldwide Studios. Um, Astro's Playroom will be pre-installed in the PlayStation Five. Uh, Demon Souls, Destruction All Stars, and Marvel Spider-Man and Sackboy: A Big Adventure will all be launch day games. They'll be available on day one with your PlayStation Five. Now, you might also be watching video and noticing this little price right here. Um, Something they also didn't tell in the trailer, which I I understand why they didn't talk about it in the showcase, but people found out as they went to the blog, is that, um, actually, they have some statement on here as well. Um... They have decided to increase the price of all games coming out of Worldwide Studios from fifty nine ninety nine to sixty nine ninety nine. Um, it, it's in here. I know we talked. I, we talked about it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh-uh. it's all on the
0: games. Like it's. Well, they had they had like a quick little blurb about it. Like, oh, you know, hey, we decided. Okay, uh, لا, place choice, Grand uh-huh. F. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I I digress. It's in there. It's somewhere in there. But um, their, their big thing was just that, uh, their you know Sony's mantra for the entire PS generation, PS4 generation has been to, you know, make high quality single you know single player or high quality first party exclusives. Um, they are continuing to do that, but it's just they're just commenting like, hey, we need more money to do that, so we're bumping any game from Play, Sony or PlayStation Studios will be moving forward within the 49 to $69 range, which is up $10 from the 39 to $59 range. Um, I went into a spiel on this entire thing on Console Wars. So, I, I, Seth, I'm going to let you talk a little bit on your thoughts on this. What do you think about yeah, the, we talked the, the about price this,
1: increase? We talked about this in mass at a... Uh on the episode of console wars this is the there's man this is going to be the hardest thing to talk about because it's going to rub people the wrong way but we've the, the data shows that games are more expensive to make now than they have ever been before they are something that require a herculean effort from hundreds of people right across multiple organizations to get completed, marketed and distributed. And while there is this general like boogeyman mentality around like publishers and getting things out, like the fact of the matter is, is that the, these games are caught like the fact that cyberpunk looks so good. And the fact that God of war looks so good, they have to sell many, many more copies than they did back in the day to make sure that they can pay for all of that. Right. Cause if it's not profitable, it's not going to exist. Right. And the, I think what really gets us here is that we're seeing this price increase. It's always abrasive when the price goes up, right. People get upset. I know a lot of folks, I think even chats talking about it, like right now is our developers going to get any more of this. And my answer to you on that is no, but developers are being given a full-time job working at these studios. The fact is, is that the cost of maintaining that that comfort is increasing ever every year, right? Uh you know, everybody gets a raise every year. Like you know, it's a just a cost of living raise, but a lot of these places they function on bonuses, right? We've heard of Metacritic bonus like developers are rewarded when they reach those milestones that they want with their game launches this is more of a discussion about the industry right the industry being healthy and to put it bluntly yes this is going to be money that goes straight into the pockets of corporations and again i have this is where i have to come out and i have to say i am a shareholder and so there's two different approaches to this there's the shareholder approach and the gamer approach, right? From a shareholder approach, it's exciting, right? Because now revenue, if we do the exact same thing we did last year, revenue will go up substantially, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I what is it 12 or 14% something like that. Just something around zero work. Yeah. Yeah, zero work. That is awesome. Now, when shareholders get excited, what do they do? They pour more money into the company, right? They buy more shares. When the company is able to make more money, they are able to funnel more money into new projects, into hiring additional staff and preventing the situation that a lot of studios find themselves in as they launch a game and then everybody gets laid off, right? We want studios to be like the Sony first parties where they are able to make games forever and ever. Or even like I talk in Console Wars about Media Molecule. They're able to just not ship anything for an entire console generation. And then they basically ship MS Paint video game edition and they all have their jobs still like that's that's insane like like if they were owned by ea the studio would have been shuttered at year three right you have you got a ship or ship or die ship or die ship or die when it comes to third parties but first parties have the luxury of this so what i'm trying to say is the 70 dollars sucks it really does the fact of the matter is from an economical standpoint it is past due we have not seen an increase in over a decade um, yes, we've been able to mitigate it with in-app purchases, with uh, DLC, and things like that. Um, what this is going to do is this is going to help studios. Sorry, this is going to help publishers feel better about gaming as an industry and feel like they want to invest more into making more games. Now, Cash is asking in chat. So, does this mean no one is going to get laid off? No. If Spider-Man Miles Morales comes out and is a technical mess and is completely flops and it causes the PlayStation five to take a hit in hardware sales because people decide to not buy it. Yeah. People are going to get laid off. Like that's, that's life. Um, That's just how business works. If you don't do a good job, you don't get to keep doing a not good job, right? Like you just, you gotta, you gotta do the work. And Sony has created an environment where they're able to sell so many consoles to so many people that they can create these comfortable environments for developers to exist in. But this price increase, while it sucks from a consumer standpoint, it is going to be a little bit, it is going to allow the games to continue looking better, to continue running better, to continue being better because quite honestly, those developers, like the developers aren't free, right? Like they, They have very high demands. It's a very competitive industry. And they have to do all these bonus perks and benefits to keep people engaged and employed. People who crunch are, they're doing it because they love, they either love what they do or they love the thing that they're participating in, right? And we want crunch to go away. Increasing the games to $70 isn't going to make crunch go go away. it's, It's not. It's not going to solve the problem. What it is going to do is it is going to allow the developer to continue to eat up money from the publisher so that they can produce their vision versus finding themselves in a situation where I think a lot of developers have found themselves. Let's look at Anthem, a game that probably needed more time in the oven. Probably. Ran out of time. Ship it out. Doesn't matter. Get it out the door. We got to make money on this. I'd rather make Fifty percent of what we could make right now, than to wait another five years and potentially go bankrupt and the shareholders, you know, sell all their shares. Like that's that's just how business works.
0: Yeah. Um, um, Cash family in chat says I have no problem with seventy bucks. I have a problem with being lied to about the extra, what the extra money is going to do. And I, I, I'll, I'll definitely, you can take a break, Seth. I'll give. I'll, I'll wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I've been letting you rant, it's fine. Like they it. you never we're never going to know that ever that doesn't matter if it's Sony if it's Microsoft if it's Activision if it's EA if it's um your small little indie studio you will never know that and ever because that is a a business trade secrets no company ever is going to make that type of data public um uh, unless they are told to by some type of legalese thing full stop um but like and then giving a quick conversation on what i talked about in console wars um us is could we consumers in general just want they want w- what's the most i can get for the least amount that i can pay for full on can i get this 200 300 hour game for 20 bucks awesome that's what i want it for and i, I kind of as as seth said before like we i am I am at the thought that 70 I'm, I'm with cash family. I think 70 bucks is fine. I don't have a problem with $70. Like I think it's been a long time coming. That's why you, I don't think that you see a lot of people after this showcase and all this information came out this past weekend that people were like pulling down the doors of every developer. Like no, not 70 bucks. Uh, not like it was when they tried flirting with this a couple of uh, years ago and the gaming industry shut that shit down in a heartbeat. Um, it's time, and I think that you know Sony's going to be the test bed. A couple of other studios like Take Two Interactive and whatnot are going to be the test bed. But I don't, do not be surprised when in the next year or two games are suddenly sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah, especially if you the, the people that are in the test bed are sh- showing success with these games. As long as they're producing this high quality stuff that we've come to expect, I think there's not going to be a problem with it. Um, yeah, we hope. I'm with you, Cash Family, in chat. We hope that there are some the smart publishers and the smart people, corporate head guys, are taking this money and delivering it down. Um, kind of what Seth said, it, is this going to prevent layoffs? No. Could it maybe stem the tide and maybe... You know, we overhired all these people to get this done faster. Maybe they don't have to hire as many people to get it done faster. Maybe the extra revenue that they expect to come in will help give them extra time on the development cycle because people can wait now. Oh, since we're getting $70 per game now, we can take an extra six months to make the game the best it can be because we know that money's on that return on that investment is going to come back. Is there a way that... Maybe we hire a bunch of people in, but we can retain more. But yeah, we still have to do some layoffs, but maybe we can only lay off 10% instead of 40%. I don't, you know, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I don't know. We don't, we're not going to know. They're not going to tell us. Um, but I think that, I am I, in total agreement that I think that, especially as I've learned more about content creation and games in the gaming industry, that... We are at a point where games are just games are way more expensive. Like to get you your witchers and your persona fives and your last of us and your halo infinites, it costs more money. Like it costs, it's taking longer. It's taking more people. It's, it's costing more money period. And I don't, again, Cameron's point. I don't think it's fair to try and continually that gamer mentality, like we want the most we can get for the least amount of money. I don't think it's fair to those developers and the people that we, you know, we can't be the ones saying, oh my God, you know, stop crunch right now, but then, oh, I don't want to pay more than 60 bucks for a game. It's been like that way forever. Exactly. It's been like that way forever. And I think that I, I went into a whole other spiel about like gamers, age range, and all this other stuff. Well, I promise. This this Rocket Punch show is also a promo ad for Console Wars episode seven. It was a three hour it talk. Really it was a lot yeah. of conversations in there, like a lot of this next gen stuff we're talking about. Please go listen to that conversation because we went deep dove into a lot.
1: Yeah, and uh, Cameron, I want to add some. This is where we're starting to see. I've, I've talked a lot in that at Console Wars episode about everyone being in their own lane.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Microsoft is in a value focused lane if you are a person who is truly strapped for cash, if $70 is going to make it where you can't ever buy a game new again, then you should be playing on Xbox because there is no better value than Xbox Game Pass. Like, it is $15 a month, so I think you you break it out, it's what, four and a half months of Game Pass equals one next-gen game, right? And that is four and a half months, probably on average, a hundred or some odd hours of gameplay. That's that's a once every three years game, right? That's going to give you that much, that much bang for your buck, right? Mm. And yeah, are you going to get it day one? No, but that's just the reality of it. But at the end of the day, it sucks right now. It really does. Uh, I there's one other thing I want. I've seen a lot of really snarky threads, dude. I got to tell you, man, it's, it's something about turning thirty. I also turned thirty recently, so now I'm just <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's like I'm starting to see a lot of the the the, the strings that the world. As the puppeteers of the world, like I'm just starting to see it, and there's people that are like, "Well, I'm just going to get a a 380 and get all my games on the Steam sales, and I'm net, you know, they'll never be allowed to make a game seventy dollars on Steam because Steam's known for the cheap games, right? Let me go ahead and rest assured, you will be paying seventy dollars for PC games within the next six months. In fact, anyone think, who hasn't okay. already announced their price, Cyberpunk would be seventy dollars if they had already not committed to it being sixty dollars. And that's just them being good guys, whatever. The you're about to get in this murky water of yes, PS four miles morales, sixty bucks. PS five miles morales, seventy bucks for the or sorry, forty and fifty if you're getting the base game or whatever. Yeah. And you put that PS4 disc in your PS5, you're not running on that faster frame rate. You're not running on those enhanced visuals. You're running that old version, the PS4 version. You might as well put in your PS4 Pro. It's the same version. And so, sorry, I'm reading chat real quick.
0: Oh, no, you're good. You're good.
1: Uh, Sorry, I got to, I don't don't understand that one, but I'll jump back into that. But like PC is not immune to this. Uh Steam sales are nowhere near like they used to be. Um, yeah, I think you're lucky if you get 40% off of a game that's come out in the past year on Steam. Now I'm not talking about like the indie the indie darlings, your you know, uh disco Elysiums, the games that come out only on Steam. That's still its own market. I think that's a very value driven market. And I think now when you look at gaming, you have tiers, right? You have your free to play mega games, Fortnite, da da da, right? Free to play, you could play it for two thousand hours and never spend a cent, but you could also spend two hundred dollars in a day buying junk that doesn't matter, right? So that's like free to play. You have the bargain bin, right? This is going to be the things you go to GameStop and buy for ten bucks, fit twenty bucks, or that show up on Game Pass, right? Depending on if you're PlayStation or or what, right? Then you're going to have your your mid-tier games, your PUBG's, your, well, PUBG when it was new, right? It's not quite 60 bucks, but it's a pretty good game at that that 30 to $50 price range. Yeah. And then you're going to have your full-priced games that are $70 now. It's up to you to decide what you are going to pay. I'll give you a great example. Spider-Man Miles Morales, I think, is worth 70 bucks to get that deluxe edition that comes with the remaster of Spider-Man. I think that's a good value. Uh, just finished Avengers. I feel bad spending 60 bucks on that game harsh reality shouldn't have bought it i regret it a little bit the reality is is i made that purchase decision even after all the bad reviews i wanted to see what avengers was like so i made the gamble lost the lost the bet uh some people are feeling that way about super mario 3d all stars they're like what these are just ports they didn't do anything to these games really like why did i pay so much for this why are they creating false scarcity all of this stuff should factor into your purchase decision right So games are increasing in price. So in your mind, you should be increasing the bar of quality that you expect. If you don't see the game getting near that bar of quality, don't buy it. Don't buy it or wait for it to come somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, RUTU in chat says inflation. That's... Surprise. If I give you $100 today, in three years, that $100 is not worth $100 anymore. That's just the way... The global economy works. It sucks. But if you're not making money, you're losing money. Same goes for business. If you're not making more each year than you did last year, and you reach a point where you're like, shit, this stuff is expensive. COVID hit us really hard. We've got to recover from this somehow. What's the best way to do it? We've got a console generation, 70 bucks. Let's do it.
0: Okay, I guess that's the and, way to do it. Yeah.
1: And, and it's not like it It really sucks, but my <clears throat> advice would be buy video game stock like ride the wave dude like <laughs> next year's gonna be great for gaming dude they're gonna make so much money on console and game sales so buy some stock they've been doing watch, it right now like the fact watch that what happens when you put a hundred dollars in and in six months it is three hundred dollars and you're like what i didn't do anything and it's more money and then you start to realize why things are the way they are because the more excited people who invest in things get about a thing the more opportunities you have to do something right like think about if you wanted to be a twitch streamer you can start from nothing but if someone were to walk up to you and say hey i'll give you ten thousand dollars to get your rig started you build the perfect rig get the awesome camera get everything you need not saying you need that to be successful not saying that will make you successful Mm -hmm. but they're investing in you because they see potential in you and so now you're able to provide a higher quality content from day one versus someone else who's having to build that up over the first two years. It's that philosophy. And I'm sorry, I'm going on another rant. I yeah, we have to just have a shut up, Seth
0: button, dude. Just mute me. Maybe I'll make one. I don't know. <laughs> you're fine. Um, it's it sucks, but it's it's it, happened. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's gonna it's gonna come sooner rather than later, definitely. Um, other than that, like I mean. Uh, there was the whole debacle with PlayStation 5 and the pre-order mess, where how the, you you had, basically, Jeff Keighley was telling us, oh, hey, don't worry, uh, Sony says that PlayStation 5 is going to be available for pre-order the next day. Um, PlayStation later confirmed this, but then Jeff Keighley pops up and says, oh, I'm also hearing rumblings that, other retailers are also maybe making them available today um, and it made this huge huge mess um, of pre-order foolishness. I am for the sake of time because we are almost at three hours here I'm actually All going right, to I'm, 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 gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put a pause on that conversation um, I'm actually intending to make a video on the entire PlayStation 5 launch pre-order, uh, so definitely check out um, YouTube.com slash Rocket Go this week. Um I'll have that video up and you'll basically hear my thoughts on that entire dumpster fire of of, of a situation. But um no, overall, kinda kinda wrapping up here on the show, Seth, what you what did you think about the the showcase overall? Thumbs I up, it thumbs was down. A great
1: showcase. Thumbs up. I thought it was a great showcase. I think that they're uh, you're going to talk about this in your opinion video I'm sure. The I think that Sony needs to learn a little bit about communicating directly to consumers and launching products directly to consumers. You think about they're a they're a like that when they when they announce a new TV, they go to CES, they show the TV off and then they sell it to Best Buy, Target, Walmart, all these people, right? They're not used to selling directly to consumers. Mm. And what ends up happening in these cases is that you've run into stuff like you're running into now where they're not communicating very clearly. Microsoft on the other hand is very well versed directly communicating with consumers. They sell the surface products they sell, you know, they've sold consoles directly for a very long time. And so you're seeing them kind of catch a couple things that Sony might've missed. And I think we're starting to feel it. I also think that hype for the PlayStation five went through the roof after this, right? When people saw Demon Souls, when they saw Spider-Man actually playing, people wanted to buy it right away. The s- retailers want to sell it right away. So you had Walmart, uh, Amazon, Best Buy, just like popping off in the middle of the night, right? Like just no, no communication, nothing. They just went live with it. And, you know, obviously, if you're not there clicking refresh, clicking buy, as soon as it goes live, you miss out. And that was a bad customer experience. I think if you bought it directly from Sony, you were putting a digital queue. You waited and had a lot of protections in place. I still think buying directly from Sony is the best way to do it. The only problem is they did a lottery system, and it seems like most people didn't win the lottery. So, uh, in fact, I think that the lottery was based on probably some shady shit. We'll probably never know. But I happen, it was interesting because everyone that you follow on Twitter was getting access to the pre order, but nobody who was a normal everyday user was getting access (laughs) right your greg miller's your uh and you know your 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 big name playstation people were getting access to it because i can google their playstation username and i can send them and you know it's like they have the database so basically they were kind of like willy wonka giving out the golden tickets right and everybody else gets to fend in the death pits of amazon right so (laughs) it's that's not a great experience I would like to see a world where about 70% of the stock is being sold through playstation
0: mm. and most
1: people are buying through playstation and everywhere else is just a vanity like yep amazon got some Every, cause basically anywhere else is going to be bought to hell and back like yeah it's just like it's just, like amazon is is a is a goliath like not just for video games for shoes for anything sold on amazon that's rare instantly bought up
0: Right. Uh Ruru, and, Ruru and Jack just says, just pretend you're Shaq's agent.
1: Yeah, just call in. Confidence Rui. is key. Just tell them, hey, I'm Shaq's agent. Shaq's agent, I'm calling to get my PlayStation. I'll write this way, Shaq's <laughs> agent. Uh, but no, I've I've ranted enough tonight, man. It's I think Sony learned some valuable lessons. Uh, a little bit of breaking news. I think yesterday they tweeted out like, hey, we're really sorry about this. We know this wasn't a great experience. And that means a lot to me because I don't think the Sony in my that I had in my brain a year ago would ever do something like that. They would never admit to a mistake. They'd ignore it and God of War Ragnarok, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd give yeah. you a shiny little rock to look at. And so the fact that they came out and they said, we're going to do our best to make sure there's plenty of stock. I'll reiterate a point I said at the very top of this do not buy from scalpers. When you buy from a scalper, you are increasing the likelihood that future devices will be scalped. What you want is you want exactly what we were hearing about with these people who bought up like five states worth of of hand sanitizer and then couldn't sell them, right? We want them to eat that cost, right? Yep. Because it's same with Ring Fit, right? Like I went to GameStop today or I didn't go in, but like I walked by and saw four copies of Ring Fit on the shelf fully stocked. And I was like, yeah fuck you, the dude that probably bought the last copy and tried to sell it for $200 on eBay. Like, yeah, I hope that you still have that copy and nobody bought it. Like, you know, that's the... If you buy into it, you're going to perpetuate the problem. But, uh, yeah, there's been a whole discussion in chat about graphics cards. We're not even going to talk about it because you want to talk about companies that don't know how to manage
0: I actually... um... I actually released a new video. I actually didn't talk about it. I'll I'll probably share that out this week as well. Uh, There's a video on YouTube.com slash Rocket Punch Go where I talk specifically about the 3080 launch, give my opinions on that whole debacle as well, so you can definitely swing over there and check that out. Also, get on it. Um, I'm going to shut up now because I have ranted enough tonight. And At at two hours and 46 minutes... No, no, no problem. I'm... uh, as always, we always have fun. These are great conversations that we're having, but at two hours and 46 minutes, I'm going to give you guys a rest from us um, because you're going to have a lot of stuff to listen to this week so you're here. So thank you guys so much. This has been episode 23 of the Rocket Punch Show. Uh, what did you think about the PlayStation 5 Showcase? Did you enjoy it? What did you like? What did you didn't like? What game were you most excited for? Um, were you able to play pre-order a PlayStation 5, uh, let us know in social. Um, of course, at Rocket Punch Go for me here and at Darth Turner over on both of us over on Twitter. Um, uh, Rutu in chat, I don't know why that actually um, auto-modded, but he says Final Fantasy 16 need, uh, needs more waifu. That was great. Um, I think
1: waifu was the one that, yeah. that triggered it. So uh, sorry, I've added it to the permitted terms list. So... <laughs> Waifu
0: away, my friends. Um, Seth, uh, Seth, if you wouldn't mind, I, I know you've been working a lot on um, your yep. your own project and content creation. Uh, give us some quick plugs on what yes. people can expect so, from
1: you. Yes, so Twitch.tv/slash Darth Turner. You can follow me individually. Uh, I am working on a stream schedule, and I'm working on some new types of stream content. So I'll be doing some game streaming. I'll be also doing some uh, non gaming yet fun. I'll say uh construction i guess related streams Ooh. uh and and i'm also okay. a designer I'm a, I'm a product designer i work on uh digital products and i've thought about doing some you know product design streams and maybe even some like ux reviews like going in and looking at the new uh xbox um <laughs> okay web page okay. just, and, and just kind of sharing like what like giving you a little inside baseball of like why did they use this word or why is this button here right and like giving you some industry inside so i've been thinking about all kinds of different things but if you go to twitch.tv slash darth turner you can follow me there turn on notifications and you'll know when i go live but yeah look for some some streams popping up in the next week or so and then a schedule probably in the next two or three weeks i'm going to try and get that established
0: so get excited guys i am definitely follow twitch.tv slash darth turner but, um, guys, that is it. Thank you so much for episode um, for tuning in and listening to episode 23 of the Rocket Punch Show. Um, remember, go listen. If you want to hear our full talk on Next Gen, now that we've got all the prices and details on these consoles, uh, be on the lookout for episode 7 of Console Wars on YouTube and your audio service of choice. But until then, guys, thank you so much. Good night and good game.